severely burned by a firework when I was like 18. You're supposed to let go of them. Wait, wait, wait. Severely burned. Yeah, I had a third degree burn on my arm. Holy fuck. Wow. What what kind of firework was this? Uh, my my friend Gary, his idiot no. brother, uh, decided to launch one of those little spinning UFO things that's supposed to just spin sure. and go right up into the air. Yep. There's the little, little uh, sticks that just shoot fire off the side. No, yeah. Like, yeah, but they're like a little disc with like three fireworks off. And oh, that one. Yeah. 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 So Okay, I thought it was just like the ones that look so, like a firecracker, but they spin on the ground and go up. Gary kept telling his little brother, he's like, stop lighting the fireworks so close to the car. He's so like, close to all the way out there. So, because we're all like, you know, out by the car. Well, this thing, he lit one. It goes up about 10 feet and then the wind gusts and it goes horizontal comes right at me and i have no time to react it's spinning on my chest oh god flames burning around i'm like i'm like i don't know what to do i go like i brush it off with Stand my arm like this screaming. not even thinking just like get it off me and i had uh it was about a two inch long and about an inch wide oval shaped uh, third degree burn on my wow. arm wow so apparently white phosphorus is bad for your skin yes <laughs> wow i mean i i Surprised it didn't scar because I, I can't ever find it anymore because yeah. it was on my left arm. But like nice. you know, burned all the hair and everything off. Just rippling forearms, of yours. Like just completely stripped the skin here. off. There was a whole commotion just on on Spencer over here. Um, uh, there was a car that had smoke coming out of it, and we thought it was engine trouble. But then we realized no, oh. somebody had let the firework off in the car. Oh Jesus! <clears throat> that wasn't even like the burn wasn't as bad as like that same. Uh, that same outing. Uh, oh God! Gary's brother. Wait, there's worse than a third degree burn. Uh, he lit an M80 and threw it at my head, and it went off about two inches from my ear, and I lost hearing hearing in my left ear for about a month. Jesus, we need like, to separate this kid. Yeah. Oh, oh, Gary was like beating on him, and he's like, "You stupid fucking! I cannot believe this before like, or after he burned you." Uh, this was, either way is bad. I'm just curious what the what the order was. I think the M80 was first, if I remember correctly. Wow! And a warning shot. And, gotcha. and that was well. A, okay, that makes sense because the M80 was an, uh, like a, like he threw it at him and he said, "No, don't throw it at my friends." And then this the whirling fire phosphorus of death that hit him was just a gust of wind that was random. Yeah. He right. stopped. He's not targeting people. Yeah, at that except point. that w- he was less than ten feet from the car right. when he set the stupid thing off. After Gary's like over there. Not over here. <laughs> Way over there is where you set them up. So, but yeah, I, I thought I had permanent hearing loss. I mean, I, By the I way, still have Happy Treason Day, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Happy Treason Day to you too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. As How, did you guys? Do you guys do you're my burrito. Us working class. Yeah. It's all we can afford. <laughs> you guys and your lobster. Did, for Canada Day, do they do fireworks or do they just like they light a moose on fire? But we broke away like gentlemen. Yes. Okay, with a piece of paper yeah. and a pen. That's why they do simple log bonfires. Right. Yeah. Only because the precedent of refusing to let somebody in North America break away was thoroughly yeah. we taught them beaten lesson, into man. the British, <laughs> you know, oh, years okay. before. So, okay. <laughs> we, we although laid, we laid the groundwork for you. Yeah. Oh. Although you guys were wearing the red coats in that case. By that point, the uh, the British had stopped wearing the red coats. You're just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's agreeing. Sorry. Andy Sorry. with the July 4th Sorry. pillow. <laughs> Let's get this started early. Sorry, yeah, buddy. I don't, I don't remember what they're called. They're the ones that I would mentioned before. They look like firecrackers, but you light them. Spinning blossoms. There. Spinning yeah. blossoms. We would take those, you know, light them, and then throw them up in the air on the hopes that they would go even higher. 
you know, give them a head start. Of course. <laughs> and of course, you'd have to dodge the occasional one that came right back sure, at you. Sure, right. But that's about as dangerous as it's got for me. In Connecticut, the only ones you could get were the sparklers. Oh, so they, it was small children with a piece of white hot metal. <laughs> right. And that, that was considered safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember uh, in, in Wichita, we used to have to drive uh, about, uh, it was about 15 minutes oh. east of there to what was at the time Andover. It's still Andover, but it's like so much closer to Wichita now because they both, both cities have expanded. But, mm. uh, you know, you could go, you could buy some, uh, some of the more, Explosive fireworks out there. Not the not like the shit that you can buy here. Like the army pe- surplus store. People in our neighborhood are shooting off the ones that are going up in the, and sp- the sky and sparkling. Right. But uh, you get like Roman candles and stuff, yeah. which you couldn't get within the city limits of Wichita. Right. 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 I gotta bring but, in the monkeys. Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shock number three ninety five. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Back check, Andy. And, and, <laughs> and, and full mouth Matt. Mouthful <laughs> Matt. <laughs> more, more, more. Yeah, he's more than mouthful. And if you hear the occasional giggling, Renee is uh, sitting in over here. So, <laughs> so if you hear the occasional slap or giggle, you know. She's refusing to join in the festivities. <laughs> She's shy. So I remember uh, growing up, we had, it was highly regulated in Indiana for fireworks. Yeah. I just see some guy in Indiana with a trench go, hey, kid. Want a Roman candle? Oh, it was kind of like that, man. That that stuff was was treasure. And there was no place anywhere nearby that sold it because the same regulations were everywhere, except for Tennessee at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember we we just got back from Tennessee a couple months prior. And during that time, my father, probably at uh, an Indian reservation, Mm -hmm. got that pack of fireworks that were, what, Class C or whatever, beyond that Class A, B. And... Yeah, that was the best Friday the thirteenth. Friday the that's where my brain yeah. is. <laughs> July fourth, <laughs> and I, I, I can recall as a child, except for there was one piece in there I couldn't wait to see mm-hmm. because it was a little tank. Oh yes, all right. And then we, we didn't know what any of these things were, and we didn't even realize how impressive these fireworks were. And so I couldn't wait to see this thing go off. So it was one of the last things they did. Go, it's time for the tank, mm-hmm. and they lit it. It rolled a little bit, and like, oh, oh that, that's about it. Piff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Un- until the front of it started firing off fireballs at us. Mm-hmm. Then, then that <laughs> made us run a little bit. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's about as dangerous as it got for me, Mr. Third Degree Burns. In uh, Connecticut, I think the nearest place to get fireworks that actually blew up or something like that was, like, maybe, maybe South Carolina. So people would, like, take a 12, 15-hour drive down to South Carolina and come back with a trunk full of fireworks. <laughs> I always found it ironic growing up in the Midwest that how tightly regulated fireworks were, yet any jackass can go buy a gun. And oh. then frequently they would... Hillbilly fireworks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> because it, you'd read in the paper the next day about a, the number of people that, you know shot themselves or were hit by a stray bullet from people just being jackasses <laughs> just, just quote-unquote celebrating yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's like the number of fireworks injuries versus the number of firearm injuries on the fourth of july you just it wasn't even comparable it's just it's rather amusing now here in vegas you are not allowed to have these fireworks right that you can't have not- anything that explodes right but they're here. But uh, <laughs> again on the outskirts of vegas there is the Mwapa tribal grounds well, wait a minute yeah. wait the outskirts. Oh yeah. There's what about a, the, the, the 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 plywood shacks in the Smiths Park? Yeah, all the, they, none of those sell those things that explode. Yeah. They're all stuff that just 
Oh, really? That's the key? Yeah. yeah. They okay. sell the poppers, nothing the sparklers. That, nothing uh, explodes or goes up into the air. Right. Just your basic showers of sparks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You used to have, they used to have the exploding ones. They've changed the laws in the last right. 10, okay. 15 years. Okay. But Moapa, uh, tribal enterprises, mm-hmm. as they like to call themselves, right. they are... Uh, half hour away from here yep <laughs> so ish. ish so and and those fireworks are available all year round people yeah. and yeah. if you come to vegas you want to take that trip up there i mean it's a it's like a giant grocery store of with the whole middle of its fireworks yeah. fireworks and cigarettes and just yep. and just walking through the aisle like reading the english on the packages and, <laughs> yes. and the english seeing the, is hilarious and seeing the crazy shit they're selling yeah. Oh, yeah. Mo- that's where the stop. And please, please do not light fuse near <laughs> human beings. Just light no, fuse, just like, get away. Yeah. Humans. Yeah, they're they're, 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 need. they're selling fairground fireworks, people. Yeah. I uh I I like the YouTube videos of all the guys who like the I'm I don't even know my fireworks terms. You know the one mounted on the stick that shoots up and explodes uh uh, bottle rocket. bottle rockets, yeah. uh, not the bottle rocket. These are no. the big gigantic ones. version. You know, maybe maybe that's just a standard firework. But a bunch of drunk guys thought it'd be funny. One guy had it down his back of his shorts mm. between his butt cheeks, and apparently oh. his sweaty butt cheeks were enough to grip <laughs> the stick. <laughs> that <laughs> when it set off, it just and it's just splashing fire on his ass and he's oh. running around screaming i like so, the so picture like of the jackass uh, yeah <laughs> i like the youtube video of the uh, people firing up putting down the uh, roman candle and the dog picking it up and just running with a roman candle in his mouth oh god yeah and there, everyone was screaming yeah 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 i saw that one there's also some guy was like i am going to play russian roulette with a firework and he oh, just geez. held it in front of his face and it it was the the spitting the individual, and it's just sitting there spitting in his face. Was it and, the German guy with the slingshot? And it hit him, <laughs> and he just like ah 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 ah, and he, it was just like, well, well was he going to dodge at the last what? moment? That Did, was no, he didn't. He took it right in the face. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? It? Yeah, he took it right in the face. <laughs> mm. That's what she said. <laughs> Firework chicken. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That, that's definitely more appropriate than well, Russian roulette. Let's see if this firework blinks. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. I'm staring right at you. Ah, ah, ah. YouTube is full of people being stupid with fireworks. Cautionary tale too. Yeah. And guns. Peak yes, season for the too. Darwin Awards. Yes. That'd be great. It should be renamed Caution Tube. <laughs> Caution Tube. <laughs> that was, that was what I just saw the other day where this guy was talking about, uh, it was doing a firearm safety class, and he's talking about somebody that had just shot themselves in the crotch like two days before, and as he's doing his demonstration, he shot himself in the leg. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going, oh my God, that <laughs> Irony. <laughs> and Jeff wasn't watching this. He was there. Yeah. <laughs> that guy got shot in the leg was pretty calm about it. That's yeah. what I'm thinking Yeah, of. basically. Yeah, he's like, he's like, well, at least I didn't shoot myself in the crotch. <laughs> no. I'm like, no. Or worse, any of you. <laughs> yeah. We were watching, well, probably, what was the guy, Kay? The guy with the... Uh, uh, you know what? I, ne- I, I can never remember his name. He has a YouTube channel. He does all these. Oh, the Slingshot channel, yes. I think. And he does these various types of super slingshots. I put it on the show, The Gaming Group, because he created a Makita screwdriver-powered crossbow that was fully automatic. He just... 
could shoot this crossbow. It had a rotating uh, cam that was being rack and op- pinion <laughs> operated by the by the electric screwdriver. Okay, so that was acting as a motor for it. The driver, the driver, yeah, yeah. exactly. So and, uh, and then Lewis, because because this is Major Mech, goes, "Oh, did you ever see his video when?" And he shows us he creates this super slingshot. I mean, this fucker, he has a slingshot fully extended in his left hand. He draws all the way past his ear and releases it. And this thing was so powerful, it's smashing bottles. He smashed plastic bottle. He smashed glass bottle. And he's like, okay, now the champagne bottle. This is the good stuff. <laughs> and he pulls it back. And yeah, and and that's one of the other cool things about his videos. It's like snowing out, and he's there in a t-shirt and pants doing his demos. <laughs> he sets up um, this last shot. He shoots it at the champagne bottle, and he's like, "Pa!" And it just goes pating and comes right back, psh, hits him in the forehead. And the guy's like, "I, I, I!" And he falls back. The camera just like goes crazy, and is dropped right next to his head. He's falling back on the ground. The guy's bald, and you just see the stream of blood running down the crown of his head, and he's like holding his head. I, 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 and it's and, uh, it chipped or it broke a piece of his skull. It had to have because it, it, it was like it, a chunk missing. It really, really just banged oh, him hard. Wow! And, and the hell of a bottle. It was awesomely. Oh no! It was a ball. There's a is a one inch long, one inch round ball bearing. Yeah, that yeah. he hit himself in the head with. Yeah, yeah. Wow! That's what he was shooting. His camera. Uh, operator was magnificently German because she just like walks up with this big old wad of clothing and she's holding it to his head and she, whatever she's saying in German it sounded it sounded like all right all right I mean it was it was very stop being a pussy yeah. what is wrong with you you're crying like a little woman what's there, wrong there, with there you there wasn't much uh, there, it didn't sound terribly he'll be okay don't worry we're gonna it's you know just like yeah 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 his first mistake was trying to shoot a fucking champagne bottle oh boy those yeah. things are thick. Yeah. They're designed to keep ridiculous amounts of pressure in. Yeah. So well, they kept ridiculous amounts of pressure out, too. <laughs> yeah. And why did they insist on throwing up boats? I don't get that. Well, a lot of times they score the bottles now because uh, they have actually damaged ships right. um, when they do the christening with, with champagne yep. bottles. So they, like, pre-score them so they'll sh- break. That's got to be a fun job. Let's, <laughs> let's score this bottle enough to make it weak, but not enough so it blows up yeah. while scoring it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I can't hear you. Well, no, Matt, Matt you. played some D&D. Yes, he did. Did he? He did absolutely nothing, he said. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what he thinks <laughs> of my game, apparently. Oh, wow. wow. I can't hear you. Nobody can hear you. <laughs> Nobody can hear you. <clears throat> Is somebody talking? If it's, if it's not on mic, it doesn't happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've played uh, some Assassin's Creed this week. Uh, which one did you play? Uh, third. Three. That's a good one. Yeah, I accidentally killed George Washington. Oh, jeez. Accidentally? Yeah. I mean, the game, the kids, it ended the game. I, I, it, it, it ended, I had to restart. <laughs> that, that ends the game. No, well, it, it Pretty much around. ends it, right? It's, it's like getting killed. It's the same thing. Sure. And the shot heard around the world right. was the end of the revolution. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> You're playing, playing a Native American, and you get involved in the Boston Tea Party. And I'm waiting well, for like the you weird. You should fit un- right in there. That's it. I'm waiting for the weird, uncomfortable thing where they're you actually participate in the in the uh, Boston Tea Party. I'm waiting for the uncomfortable thing where he realizes everybody's dresses. Yeah, they just sort of left that part out. I'm like, oh uh, man, that would have been a great piece of script right there. <laughs> oh, 
That was a big boom. I don't know if you guys could hear that. No one can hear it. Somebody's ice machine is dropping ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is recording this on the 4th. So, yeah, fireworks will be happening in my neighborhood yeah, for the it, next it, four days. It's like virtual yes. Be- Beirut around here. That's like virtual Beirut across the entire valley. <laughs> virtual Beirut. Virtual. Uh, I got caught up on Rick and Morty, so I'm already for <laughs> the third season to start. Fantastic. What are you in uh, for? End of this month. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> that ending. That just... Wasn't that heartrending? Yep. Didn't you and just want to cry? And I can't yeah. find the the one episode that they ran on April Fool's Day, which was the the season three premiere episode. Oh, I haven't seen. They're that holding either. that back until the thirtieth. So people that have seen it are, are telling me about it, and I'm like, I haven't seen it. It's I can't find it anywhere. Szechuan sauce, man. Yeah, it's mm. not on demand. And, but uh, the trailer though for <laughs> season three is hilarious. He turns himself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> Looking um, forward to that. Yeah. That is just that is just a smashingly good, great show. And then, of course, the last uh, three days, well, the last two days for sure, but I think since Sunday they've been running the uh, Trek movie marathon on uh, Epics oh. for the Independence Day weekend, extended weekend for some. Sure. Been watching that. Even though I've seen them all a million times. Imagine that. I know, right? It's crazy. I went on a little adventure this week. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he I says. Have, I have to go get my notes. Hold on. All right, you go get so your you, notes, you and I'll started. start setting it up. Absolutely. Um, notes. I have and have had for a little while an umbilical ulcer. All right? Oh, dear. It, it grosses Andy out. It does. Time. Yeah, because it, it sticks right out. You're in luck because my, my memory is full. I can't record you talking about your umbilical or, or ulcer. <laughs> what? My memory is full on my phone, so I can't so we can't send the preview out. Yeah, he, was, the he, was, he, was, he was trying to film. <laughs> film. Okay. <laughs> okay. Matt was just asking him to clarify for our... Uh, this last week at work, I, I picked up some things wrong and uh, distressed it and uh, exacerbated that ulcer. To the point where it was becoming... It's a uh, hernia, not an ulcer, right? Oh, sorry. Thank you. I keep doing that in my thank life. Thank you, doctor. I was, I was yeah. wondering, Jeff. how does Dr. an umbilical Jeff. ulcer work? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I have a hernia. His umbilical. belly button was like three inches wide. Woo! Like, that, like, it's, like it looked like an Audi gone wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sounds that's, like, that's a good way to put it. Sounds like it was an Audi gone wrong. <laughs> looked like he was, looks like he was about to give birth to a golf ball. Uh, until, <laughs> until that ulcer came around, I had an any belly button. But, hernia. Uh, Thank you. Jesus Christ. This is going to be the ulcer episode. Living with a <laughs> Give me an ulcer, baby. Uh, hernia. I got okay, my down. lips to say that. Uh, so the, the hernia got exacerbated while at work, and uh, it was acting distressful. It was causing pain. It was swelling. It was discoloring. Those are bad warning signs. So I went to the quick care, and the doctor said, okay, we got two things we can do here. One, I can send you to the hospital. They can attempt to put the hernia back in. Mm-hmm. And if they're unsuccessful, then we can do surgery. Oh, right? I was that hoping there was going to be like uh, you're eating dinner with all your buddies. And, like, <laughs> and then it starts fucking, oh, God, no. Oh, oh, trust me. <laughs> the hernia is the least of this story. And Damn Andy near. bursts through the window in combat gear <laughs> and carries you off over his shoulder. <laughs> I'll get you to the hospital. <laughs> The second option is I can attempt to push it in here, but if I'm unsuccessful, then we have to send you to the hospital, and that will be more expensive. And I was like, you know what? I have a Jeff. I can call a Jeff, and he can be here, and he can transport me if it's unsuccessful. And then they said, drop the other half. It's like, okay. 
Uh, the reason that we'd have to send you to the hospital is because we have to put you on a specific drug in order to get it pushed in because it's going to be a painful and uh, very brutal procedure in getting it back in. I'm not liking any of this story. <laughs> he's like putting a chainsaw down. He's got like... <laughs> this is great. Right. And the drug I'm going to have to put you under is ketamine. Ah. Oh, my. Yeah. Known by the club kids as Special K. Yes. All right. And so I called Jeff. I call work saying, all right, I got to take care of this ulcer. I'm not going to be in tomorrow. Because Ernie. Ernie. Damn it. <laughs> you know, it's really bad. Your work is probably written up an ulcer. And when you bring your doctor's papers, you're going to be like, dude, what? you're, you're such a liar. You're fired. Hernia. Fake illness. Jesus. And so... Jeff to the rescue. So, well, eventually. <laughs> well, he's. Uh, I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah, but when it's time. His, his eventually is a bit of an exaggeration because he was on the drug. There. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I lost time. time. Time was not moving for him. Now, if you're unfamiliar Zero. with ketamine, ketamine is a hallucinogen. It is a... a it's also an amnesiatic. It's, ba- it's, it's a battlefield... Uh, uh, what's the word uh, when they you can't feel the pain? What's the oh, it's uh, anesthetic. 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 Battlefield yeah. anesthetic. So they put me in, and then I am under the influence of. And when people What'd are using see? this recreationally, they are looking for something that they call the K hole. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the title of the episode. That explains a few things. <laughs> Suddenly, uh, that's why I don't like clubs. Cover your K-hole, man. The K-hole is the commander K-hole. an event under ketamine where you have a separation of self, a full hallucinogenic uh, journey, Nice, if you will. And I fell through the K-hole. All right. <laughs> Uh, as as I could explain it, I lost my sense of self. Mm-hmm. I felt like I went away from this world out into the universe, wow. as such. And I like I was sep- my atoms started to separate, and every atom that would separate was Wait, a piece. Of- important the- question: Star One or Ditko? I will answer questions in a moment. All right. <clears throat> as I'm going out there. I am losing atoms of myself, and those at, with those atoms are pieces of me as a personality, <sighs> until I am left as one atom of basic, one sentient atom that no longer cared that he was a part of what was once the world. And it's all colors, uh, and lots, and the colors that I was of tunnels that I was going through were all very shades like aquamarine, turquoise. That was like the prevalent. And that was mainly because during the whole time, my eyes were open and that's kind of the ceiling impression I'm getting is basically my world is spinning because there were times when I closed my eyes and it was a whole different set of colors, you know, reds, yellows, as you would seeing lights through an eyelid. This is the worst don't do drugs uh, commercial ever. (laughs) I kind of want to do ketamine now. (laughs) Not not from the things he was telling me when I got there. Here we go. Here we go. So, okay. So I get there and they had already done the procedure like in the time it took me to drive from here (laughs) up there. Like pulling into the parking lot. 
this guy come running out in like a hospital gown, like, Whoa! <laughs> like I wasn't running across. anywhere. Oh no, me. trust me, he was. Oh, you he don't was remember out of it. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's only been twenty twenty five minutes tops since he called me. I got my shoes on, got out in the car, and drove there. So they've already done the procedure by the time I get there, uh, and the doctor's patching him up and putting pressure on the the hernia area as he's making you know, like a basic uh, like a makeshift truss to to hold everything in until it has time to settle. So I get there, they take me back to the room and they said, "Yeah, we're just finishing up, and, you, and we just need somebody to sit with him until he he comes down." From the medication i'm like oh what'd you give him and he said well we put him on ketamine so basically the car's running but there's nobody behind the wheel right now <laughs> <laughs> and so they pull across the curtain there's todd laying on the the on the bed they've got it slightly raised up so his head is where i can totally see his eyes are like half closed and he's staring at the ceiling mouth agape he looks like somebody that is stoned like i mean he's just sitting there going uh, uh, and <laughs> they kept asking him how you're doing and like every now and then he would respond you know this is so bizarre <laughs> and he would always hold the r on the end of bizarre <laughs> so i'm sitting there i'm still a little worried because i don't know what has gone on up to this point and then the uh one of the orderlies brings me up to speed and tells me you know what they've done and so so they they pull up a chair and i'm sitting there and He's still staring at the ceiling, and they said, it's going to take him a little while to come out of it, probably about half an hour. So just, uh, you know, call us if you need anything or if something seems odd. And so he's sitting there staring at the ceiling, and then just like, like completely motionless. Like his eyes are rapidly moving back and forth. But other than that, there's like no motion here at all. Like he's just physically like frozen. And then at some point, all of a sudden, he turns his head slowly to the right where I'm sitting and goes, Hi, Jeff. <laughs> this what is fuck? so bizarre. <laughs> what a weird ride. <laughs> and then he turns back to, the, to staring at the ceiling again. And then it was about five minutes later, he turned to me and said again, he's like, Hi, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> as he started to come down from it, I, I took some notes. And I, I, uh, I think I asked you at some point, it's like, are you taking notes? Yeah. Do you not need to take notes? Well, I, 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 I was kind of worried, so I wasn't thinking about taking notes, notes until no, you started, until <laughs> yeah, you started sub- saying, he's like, I hope I remember this. And I'm like, well, they told me that's an amnesiatic, so you're probably not going to remember any of this. And he's like... Oh man! <laughs> this is disappointing. You didn't record it. Well, I, dude, I, my friend is undergoing a, a medical procedure. I don't know exactly, exactly what's science. going on. I'm run, I'm rushing to the hospital or to the the quick care to try to figure out what's going on. So I, I mean, got I mean, Fraser Bat in there. We just never ran it because it wasn't that interesting. No. So anyway. Um, just, I, I just, could just imagine if Jeff had said, say something to the shock monkeys, what the hell would have I have said? <laughs> this is so I'm sorry. I'm sorry live streaming was not the first thing that I was thinking of, Andy. But yeah, clearly no journalistic or skills. <laughs> Sad. Uh, so yeah, just, uh, just a few uh, little things. Uh, 
He said he felt like he was being psychologically deconstructed. <laughs> um, he kept repeating the the term turquoise tunnel. Mm. Uh, like one of the last things he actually said was like, "I'll always have you, turquoise tunnel." Okay, so he said, "Such bright colors." <laughs> It reminds me of that movie American Pop from the eighties. Sure, the animated movie. Actually, yeah. he said like a, like an acid trip. Said he felt like he was being pulled away from his body through colors. Oh, <laughs> and at one point he said, "I was one with the universe." It was like I was broken down into atoms and my consciousness was a single atom, and that's what the universe was communicating with through music and colors and voices. So but basically, I'll be, you're the Phoenix Force. Yeah, I was the Phoenix Force. But and because this is a direct quote, this is exactly what he said. I, I managed to get this one written down. He said, "But I'll be damned if I can remember what they said." But at the time, it was profound. And I'm sure it was because everything kind of went echoey. I remember the voices being echoey. It was probably just the doctors talking the procedure. Probably. And then, then my brain interpreted that as the universe. But, uh, so the yeah, important question said, is that monster can join twins strapped into your belly now and not have to see it anymore? Uh, I haven't any again. Yay! <laughs> For now, I have to get surgery. No longer have to have no fear that. of that shirt popping up. Oof. Yeah, he <laughs> says, during it, I was profoundly alone. There we go. So, um, but, but, but he also I, kept I repeating care. as he was coming down that uh, he's like, you know what? If this is what death is like, I'm not afraid of it anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you got Gat going for you. Can't, can't, can't. Fuck. If your brain gives you a chemical dance on the way out anywhere near that, by all means, that's a great mm. tap dance. Oh, out. that Conquers was another thing death. he said. He was like, during it, he's like, it's like, they give the people on the street do this. He's like, I do not recommend this at all. <laughs> wow. uh, After all, there the- were a couple of really, really, really? interesting quotes. I'm trying to because I didn't, I wasn't taking notes at that time because I was keeping an eye on my friend to make sure he was coming out of when it. When you're coming out of it, it is like everything's just spins. You're you're spinning for a half hour, and it slowly winds itself down. So wow. like, from the time I got there till we left was like totally about an hour. Literally, it was about from about twelve twenty-five till about one thirty-ish. During that time, he kept asking me how long I'd been there. He's like, <laughs> "It's like, it's that's it." He's like, "Yeah, it's only been about fifteen minutes." Like, feels like an eternity. Like he was totally losing time. Like, yeah, when I was in it, I had I've I felt that that was it. My time on this earth is done that this is my new existence and it felt like that 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 time was done and i was cool with that in the moment but it felt like i was there for years on to the next adventure yeah yeah so more did go yeah more did go okay definitely okay but yeah uh I, i don't remember the direct quote on this one but uh you mentioned something about it's like it's like well now i know you know why so many people feel like they've found God, even though I have not changed my beliefs at all. As far as like people on strong hallucinogens, I'm like right. I, I can see that that yeah, sure. spiritual experience. A lot of people say that's what the this the key component of the spiritual. Sure, experience. I'm under no the illusion. Loss of self. Yeah, I'm under no illusion that this was all a chemical dance. Right. Yeah. Uh, what well, does that and mean? you hear you hear religious people say, you know, you 
you you lose your sense of self you become with some you become one with something greater than you and that becomes the foundation of what they believe in and when you look at it this way i remember they conducted studies of like uh buddhist monks and catholic nuns who uh the the monks would do the om and the catholic nuns would do the rosaries and they do the mantra, the repeated over and over and literally for like 45 minutes. And you enter a trance-like state that actually yeah. will shut down the kinesthetic sense in, in your brain that puts you in your head. Like, you know, your feet yep. are below you, your arms are to the side. That whole sense is actually a sense that's functioning in the brain. And that experience shuts it down. And that's when you get that explosion of you're just one with everything because you lose the sense of you. Yeah. Mm. The physical sense of you. I can certainly see that with that. No. Well, yeah, that, that. And that sounds that sounds really amazing. The latest uh, Sarah Silverman special on Netflix. Um, I think it's the latest one. Oh. <laughs> did, you, did you see this too? Yes. She talks about, she had, I can't remember, she's getting some, oh, she has a abscess in her throat. So they, she has, they have to have emergency surgery. Her friends are around her and they put her on drugs and she's like, I don't think I'm high enough I can still think pretty clearly. I'm still pretty much aware of it. And the doctor goes, well, explain Brexit. And then she expi- <laughs> explains a pretty, you know, pretty solid explanation of Brexit. She's talking about the whole thing. And it's, it's a funny bit she's doing. But the special ends with the videotape her friend took of her doing that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and as, as she's being one. wheeled in to the operating room, like the last bit they see before she goes off uh, in the operating room and out of the where they can't film her anymore is her yelling back to her boyfriend, I want to see other people. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that's the adventure I had uh, in my Week in Geek. Wow. That kind of puts puts Baby Driver into perspective. (laughs) Man. Through through inner space. (laughs) That's pretty wild. Yeah. So you saw Baby Driver. I saw Baby Driver. We'll move on to that. Yeah, but I mean, it's a new movie, so I won't no spoilers. But it's totally worth seeing. I mean, it's exactly the movie it looks like in the preview. It's it's a it's kind of a caper thing. It's kind of a last job thing. Guy trapped in life of crime, wanting to get out, kind of thing. Although he's a little more innocent than most of them are. This is an Edgar Wright joint, right? Yeah, it's an Edgar Wright thing, and it's and people are complaining that it's basically one long music video. Not a complaint. Statement of fact, and it's great. I am all for a stylish yeah. movie. Oh, it's amazing. That's why I love Snatch so much. It's a stylish movie. Yeah, yeah. Well worth seeing. Uh, and uh, these uh, Germans are coming. What's up? These Germans are coming. <laughs> yes, exactly. The Germans. Um, surprise cameo. Uh, a guy who appears in a movie for about a minute, and it's like, wait, is that holy crap? And it's Paul Williams. Oh, fun! Paul Williams is wow. a little bit in it. It's like, oh, love there's Paul, Paul Williams. Williams. Holy shit! Songwriter extraordinary, yep. Paul Williams. Yeah. And frequent Muppet Show guests. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I saw him perform a couple of years ago with Frankie. And he says, I thought he I performed thought, with Frankie. Wow. Yes, he did. She was amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I think I probably told this story before, but it's uh, he says, I'm going to sing two song love songs that I you know, that were used in, as the themes for various media. You know, going to start with Evergreen, the theme from Mahogany. You know, easy. And, again, he, and then he finishes that and segues into the theme from The Love Boat. Beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. And the theme from Love Boat will always send me to Airplane 2. Right. Every single time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's a wide range. I saw John Wick 2. Oh, how was that? Um, it's good. It, it, had you seen number one? Yeah. 
See, I haven't seen one, so I, I keep explaining. Yeah. Yeah. One, do, do a double feature. It's, yeah, it's, you won't I mean, regret it. It's visually such an amazing. They're, they're really amazing movies, and it was really funny. <clears throat> and watch the special features too. I posted a picture on Facebook of uh, me in a combat helmet. I saw military that military helmet and some body armor because I was at a friend's house. It was his birthday, and uh, he was ex-military, and so he he had his helmet and. Uh, his uh, what he called the soft body armor, which was the light body armor, which is still heavy as hell, just mm-hmm. a, basically a chest and back protector. So I put that on, took the picture, posted it on the net. But it was cool because he he is uh, ex-military. He owns. He's wealthy. He's got a good business going, and he has a arsenal of weapons. Mm-hmm. And watching John Wick too. He actually really enjoys it because these guys put a lot of thought into their gunplay. Mm-hmm. I'm agreeing and, with you. And, Jeez, well, man. <laughs> I can barely talk with all the agreement. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Almost. Yeah, here we go. Did you have the spear to go with your magic helmet? <laughs> and he liked how the directors... <laughs> totally derailed you there. Yeah, he did. liked how the directors... Um, shoot the movie because the the gun work even though it's highly stylized in ultra hollywood violence is still technically very much what you would do like there are things where every time he would get a gun and he'd load in a magazine he would he would rack it to load it and then he would pull the uh, slider back again to check for a round in the chamber breach which is something do people do and uh, my the military friend is just like, oh, I love that. I mean, it was really funny. It was almost like gun porn because he's like, yeah, they do that so right. That's yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. In the in the special features, the directors even said it's like we tried to come up with as many real world breach checks as you possibly can, and we put every single one of them in this film. <laughs> they did. They Holy really crap, did. Did they ever? And but it's also just visually interesting. The sets are baroque and involved and the the underworld that they create is so um so lavish and and well outlandish too because it's it's kind of hilarious to think that outlandish outlandish but still like very structured yes yeah oh oh oh, yeah very structured in fact rather rather overstructured for the underworld but it was very 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 cool Mm -hmm. and uh and a great supporting cast um, Ian McShane and oh wow, um, and then name faces uh, the boss uh, from French. Oh. Remember the 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 cap uh, the the her police captain or her superior in Fringe? Uh, uh, the guy with the dark hair? Or her, her, no, wait. No, the 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 black guy. Who oh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, Shoot, he's he's yeah. like the the, concier- the, belt, yeah, yeah, the concierge. The concierge at the Continental, which is the series of hotels that are the safe houses for this world of assassins, and ah. and he's in there. It, it, you know, everybody. It, so it's just it's really wild. It's really, 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 really amazingly good. And then a lot of the stunt people praised Keanu Reeves on how much work he put into it. Like they said, it's one thing for an actor to come in and learn some of this stuff. They said that Keanu Reeves actually put in the work. Yeah, he does. Like he was there well past scheduled hours to be there. And he was in early to learn all these various techniques because he wanted to get it right. And he wanted it to look, 
you know, as well, realistic as possible. Well, when you don't age, you have all this energy. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Jerry know. Thompson will will praise uh, L.A. Confidential over and over for that last gunfight. Right. Because he says every bullet is accounted for. Same thing, yeah. in, same thing in John Wick. It's, yeah. it's really funny. Somebody was watching with us. And they're like, oh, ho, ho, do they ever reload the guns? <laughs> and, and that the, man is constantly reloading. And the, and like, the military guy's like, every shot's accounted for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so, birthday party. Mm. Speaking of birthdays, you had a birthday. Yes, I did. You ended up with another uh, pop. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that puts you one I up. I don't want. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh no, no more God. pop time. No, I, is that box on. empty? Not all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll hurry it up. All right, here we go. Catch. <laughs> and that one gets thrown what to Matt. One? It's a companion piece for the last week's. So. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Really? Both of the classic battle stars yeah. for Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought for sure he was gonna be he was gonna be getting before you, but Matt, no. the one who only collects X Men pops yeah, now. Right. Right. Well, it's That's okay. Right. It's okay. They work out trades now, so it's, it's oh, it'll, I see. It'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's got some some leverage against you. Speaking of pops, what, I was uh, <laughs> I was at uh, Zia earlier well, yesterday actually, and uh, they were putting out some of the the Wonder Woman pops, Hippolyta and, uh, and Steve uh, Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. So I was sitting there. and I'm like, oh, where's uh, where's Wonder Woman to go along? It's like it's like oh, Wonder Woman is like sold out everywhere. Yeah, like wow. you cannot find that figure right now. Oh yeah, I actually I mean, stumbled across. At Walmart, really? The the Wonder Woman. It, it, they must have just put it out that night. You and got so lucky then, because apparently a lot of people yeah, have I been picked asking it up, them about it. And like two weeks later, I was finding it on the internet for triple the price. Mm-hmm. So wow. they were. They, it was already being flipped. Wow. Yep. Fucking flippers. <laughs> and Wonder Woman is now the the most profitable DCU movie made. <laughs> this and week it beats uh, it beats uh, Batman v Superman. Which yeah, no, made the geeks most. are just not interested in movies with women and women <laughs> heroes, and they'll never watch them. I don't understand why they do that. I don't like when you do impressions of me like that. I don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. Oh wow, I didn't even know this. They have a, a upcoming. It's an Entertainment Earth exclusive, but they have a Wonder Woman uh, as Diana Prince with the hat and glasses. Yeah, Funko. Ooh, cool. Let me guess. Walgreens exclusive. Yeah, uh, Entertainment Earth exclusive. Oh, okay. Fuck so. Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> For such a poorly run pharmaceutical chain, whatever nope. the hell nope. they do. Nobody brought up Walgreens but you. That, that's some pop anger. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's talk uh, about Funko pop furious. Anger. Talk about pop anger. <laughs> My favorite pop Funko. Pop anger. They they do a special. Uh, I forget whose exclusive this is. It's Gal. Uh, uh, the Funko is Gal Gadot uh, in Linda Carter's costume. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I'm lying. So it's got to be. It's like, how do you separate? <laughs> there you the go. Look of a Gal Gadot versus a. <laughs> no, there's a pretty distinct difference between the two costumes. In a pop, I mean, I mean, could you exactly. differentiate a Gal Gadot versus a Linda Carter pop? But the colors would be brighter for one. Oh, and here's now, another I'm not one. talking the costume. I'm talking if they're both wearing the same costume. Could but you tell the, the costumes are different. That would be the, yeah. <laughs> That's what he's. No. Hot Topic has an exclusive in the uh, Amazon outfit, the Amazon battle. With the, oh, the that's shield. a cool one. So that's Hot cool. Topic. Oh, exclusive. by the way, I Do you hate Hot Topic too for that reason. 
No, Hot Topic is actually very good. <laughs> okay. But Walgreens have my all-time favorite pop of all time, which is Juggernaut, and I could not find it. I had to, you know, my, my yeah, good friends. Yeah, but you have it now. Yeah, I have it now. But you know how but many Walgreens I Walgreens. did? Yeah. <laughs> I drove like a thousand miles. All in Las Vegas. And he would drive 500 <laughs> miles. And well, he yeah. Look at you. The, the idiots that work there. You know, they're, they're upset they work at Walgreens. You know, their life sucks. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, what the fuck do you want? Juggernaut? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, you and the next guy. At least they didn't laugh in your face. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You want some cough drops or fucking NyQuil? Aisle three. But get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so like, you're saying the drugstore doesn't sell good enough toys? <laughs> Why well, give them exclusive, Andy? That's what I'm saying. It's a Walgreens exclusive. Pisses me off. Uh, There's some logic to that. Have, have you tried ordering them from their website? You can't because it goes not for online fucking yeah. fuckery. Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. It does. When that's that's a direct quote. When I was in England a couple of years ago, I went to a, a, a pharmacy hoping to get a. And you found a pencil. juggernaut? <laughs> nope. Drugstores in England just sell drugs. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> He's Canadian. He's not English. Oh. Yeah, and it's called the Sorry. Chem- it's called, it's called the, the chemist, chemist man. Store. Get it right. Yeah, the chemist in Canada. That's why, because chemists <laughs> sell only drugs okay, in England. Okay, seriously, is there uh, is there is uh, the drugstore is different in Canada? No, they're pretty much the same. They're pretty much the same. Okay. Well, Canada is pretty much the same, but nicer. Yeah, really. Yeah. America for this one. without the this anger. Canadian. Yeah. That's what I'm doing here. Yeah. I'm with my people. See? Like America, but cleaner and fewer guns. <laughs> they give you a test in your mid-20s, and if you fail, you're, you, they, they don't even you, give you a plane. They just kick you over to Michigan. They, yeah, they put you on the bridge, and they're like, cross. <laughs> and don't come back to Find you a redhead and attach yourself to her. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a little package of Tim Bits and on your way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And they can sit, you know. Go off the bridge, you. Sorry. <laughs> now here in Las Vegas. The American Vegas, side go, oh, again? Fucking another one? <laughs> um, Galleria Mall. Uh, I got a, a friend of mine, uh, his birthday gift, gave me a gift card to Box Lunch, which is a geek store in the Galleria Mall. And it's oh, wow. kind of a woman's oriented geek uh, store. I say that because there were very few shirts in size extra large <laughs> and every <laughs> single t-shirt there had at least one extra small and like 50% at least of the t-shirts were actually uh, women's cuts uh, I, I actually they'd have you know the box displays of t-shirts where they just put the the important part of the t-shirt on the, sure. the surface of the box and the rest of it's all folded around and on the wall I'm like, oh, that Doctor Strange looks really cool. Do you have uh, – no, we're all sold out, and that's a, a woman's cut. She looks you up and down, right? Yeah. No, we don't have any you know, and so, uh, Well, okay, <laughs> like, what about – Hey, I might be able to rock a woman's cut. You know, that, that Rick and Morty <laughs> looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a woman's cut. And it was just like, God. So it's yeah. a women's-oriented geek store. Yep. Named Box Lunch. Box Lunch. Because <laughs> every... Oh, boy, Andy. Because every $10... Oh, you got me. You sa- got to give him that one. That's funny. Every $10 in sales, there's a con- contribution to local shelters to provide meals for needy people. God damn you. Andy. <laughs> my turn to feel, pillow. Feel good about yourself. Yeah. Feel good about yeah. you. My... <laughs> My turn with the pillow. Just embrace the sweet release, Andy. <laughs> oh. There's some great Rick and so Morty good. shirts, too. I was really just devastated. 
they had some nice Funkos, but I'm like, <sighs> she got me a gift card. And also, the shirts are a little expensive. She, her gift card was enough to get one shirt. And I was just like, damn, I'm going to have to come back here. Until I find a shirt, and it's probably never going to happen. And then you'll wind up using the gift card to buy, like, some female friend a shirt for, yeah, like, really? their birthday. Probably. Isn't that funny how that works? Someone gives you, like, a gift card, and you end up buying, like, someone else's gift with it? Re- Not me. I buy the shit out of gift cards that people give me for my birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Gift right. cards are good gifts. Yes. Yeah, they are. I stand behind They're really that. really the best. A gift card, you get exactly what you want. Yes. So, you don't nice. spend the day running around looking for stuff and and failing actually, miserably. Actually, cash is better no. than a gift card. Well, not if it's an Amazon gift card. It's an Amazon gift card, I can get exactly what I want all the time. Wow, there it is. Wow. Fresh groceries. That's right. Cash. Yes, you got to deposit really? in your bank. Yeah, they have, glo- you they have grocery delivery now. Wow. Yeah. So we got a spokesperson for Amazon. Yeah, dummy. We got a spokesperson for Amazon now. We got money and fandom bars PR rep over here. Well, somebody had to pick uh, up since NeuroBliss isn't uh, is sponsoring yeah, us anymore. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm a big advocate of box lunch. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we got this street, episode brought to you by ketamine. Street pharmacist Torgo over here. Right. We got the, the <laughs> ketamine pusher over here. Farm- <laughs> street like, Torgo. Torgo's like brought to you by ketamine. I really don't recommend it. <laughs> Uh, I really, I really, I really don't <laughs> yeah. recommend it. I, those I want that T-shirt. I want that picture of you just leaning back, half-lidded, and the caption, so bizarre, <laughs> you know, like three or four R's. That was the funny thing. Is like he wasn't slurring his speech at all. It was, it was, it was clear and concise. I was just traveling. like exaggerated in certain areas. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's funny. Somebody gave me a ride back from surgery. Uh oh. And I was on the drugs, you know, whatever they put me down on. Drugs. And apparently, all I did was explain history facts on the way home of what we were driving by. <laughs> so, drugs. Oh, this is over here. This is over there. Drugs back in your day. So, probably like heroin, morphine. <laughs> Coca Cola. Yeah, what else? Oh, uh, Robitussin. Fun fact I was born you cut on your arm off. You cut your arm off, roll some Robitussin on it. That's Andy's age. Yeah. So I had a, a little bit of downtime recovering. Yeah. So I got a nice chunk of Insomnia read. Mm. That's a big book. It's a it's a strange book, uh, Stephen King's Insomnia. Yeah. Definitely necessary for the Dark Tower, though. Boy, that's a that's a connection and a half. The preview wow. looked great for that. The, the preview. The, the preview for uh, dark, for Dark Tower on the, on the big oh. screen, but we saw that it was amazing. It's a beautiful looking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Insomnia, I know that book is poo pooed by a lot of people because. Uh, a lot of people consider it slow. Uh, it does take about 150 pages to really ramp up, but it's it's really necessary. It's Stephen King's oldest protagonist. The gentleman's in his 70s, so that's a, that's a whole different thing you're not used to with King. Mm-hmm. But it's such a interesting story about traveling into an alternate dimension. Hmm. Anybody that's talked you out of reading Insomnia, I'm going to talk you back into it. It's a really fun, definite Stephen King read. He doesn't get overly descriptive like he does say, like in It, it has, it has its own very long descriptive phases. I, when I'm reading, I'm like, what could he have cut out? And aside from maybe a sentence here and there, there's not really whole chunks he could have cut out. It's a, just a very thick 
story to tell. If you asked me to recount the plot of Insomnia, I would have a hard time doing it. Gotcha. Is it, is it could you even have broken it into several pieces, or is it even is even that doable? Uh, I, I I could tell you over a course of several minutes what it's about. No, no, but I mean, if you if you you say you couldn't cut it, could you have broken it into a couple different books? No. Okay. Definitely not. It it is one story with no good separation. So and it's just under seven hundred pages. So. Yeah. So but I'll, I'll probably be finishing that this week. And after that's done, I'll be going back to uh, Wolves of the Kala. So huh? that journey will continue. Did anybody else watch any of Glow? I haven't watched Glow yet. It's, it's really good. That's one, I, yeah. I want to see it. It yeah. looks good. I, I was a big fan of Glow Wrestling back when it was yeah, popular. I, I wasn't. I couldn't really care less about it. But uh, I, I know that uh, two, two of the Apple sisters are in it. And uh, so I wanted to watch that for see that. And then... Uh, I was hooked. I mean, we just plowed through all 10 episodes. And Glow was big when I was, you know, puberty. Right. So right. that was my time to watch Glow. I guess I mean, it's in the in the story here, it's based in L.A., but I guess the Glow, Glow is actually based here in Vegas. It right? was filmed in Riviera. Yeah. 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 At the Riviera Hotel and Casino. So, yeah, that was a... It was a Vegas enterprise. There's a documentary about Glow on Netflix now, too, which I haven't watched, which I intend to watch. That's a great documentary. Is it? Yeah. If anybody listening, anybody might have been interested in Glow, yeah, the Glow documentary is terrific. But it's amazing story. It's really well told. Um, all the characters are interesting, and they have their own little turns. Mark Marin is just dead on. I can't imagine... Yeah, why he hasn't been in more stuff before, except that I think he's kind of a jerk. Um, well, that's <clears throat> hard to work with, why. I imagine. But that's kind of what he's playing is a kind of yeah. a jerk in this, and he just nails it. He's he's wonderful. He's a jerk, and he and by the end of it, you're kind of in love with him. Nice. Well, I mean, I guess on his TV show he addresses it, but apparently he's he is and has been hard to work with in the past because he was an alcoholic and a drug addict, and mm-hmm. when he's on That'll those, he becomes even more of an asshole and. So, um, like the last part of it is him trying to make amends. So, right, you know, apparently that's why. Uh, oh, I remember the last thing I was gonna say is about you know geeky things. Uh, ABC has brought back Battle of the Network Stars. You're kidding me! I am not kidding you. They've already had two episodes on. I only have wow. got the chance to watch one of them so far. That was a staple um, in the seventies yeah, and eighties. In seventies and eighties, absolutely. They said it's been uh, thirty. 33 years, I think, since the last episode aired, something like so that. Battle of the Network Stars, yeah, at least Battle in the way it used to be yes. in the early 80s, was it was a collection of sitcom and soap opera stars yep. from from ABC, NBC, and, and CBS. And a few action adventure yep. stars, like Robert Culp was in it. Sure, it, it was mm. in every season because it was like a singular event mm-hmm. every year. And so it, people from... Various networks would yep. compete in Olympic-ish yes. uh, trials, mostly things like uh, tug of wars and obstacle courses, volleyball, that kind of swimming, uh, kayaking in a in a pool. I remember but, Robert yeah. Culp because I love Robert Culp and a couple different things. And it, this was like really one of the first reality shows because you got to see Robert Culp not as an actor as a person. He's an ass. Yeah, <laughs> just a bullying. Brutal macho thug. You're, you're <laughs> discovering the assholes this week. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, but well, yeah, Marin's a lovable asshole. Colt did not come off as lovable. Have you watched it already? I, I watched the first episode. I haven't watched the second episode yet. I'll uh, save them for me. I want to watch. Oh it. yeah, I, I saved it for you. So uh, what kind of stars are they getting? So the first episode, they did a really fascinating thing where they brought 
some a few stars like Lisa Welchel and um, oh I forget her name played Tootie on Facts of Life. Mm-hmm. Two of them. Good call. Um, and they were on the same team this year. And then they also brought back some younger stars like this kid that was in High School Musical, and then uh, this young lady that's uh, from Modern Family. That I, don't ask me to pronounce her last name. All I know is it begins with an M, and her first name is AJ. So, but Maja. anyway, huh? Maja. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, so they had the mix of the older and the younger stars. So you had kind of the classic throwbacks as well as the the younger ones, and it was it was really kind of fun. I mean, they did. Uh, let's see. The first events they did, they did the relay race, the classic relay with the you know passing the baton. They did, uh, of course, the final event is the obstacle course. The uh, awesome event, you yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a, a swimming competition back and forth. They do the classic the, the classic dunk tank, although okay, the that. twist that they did this year is like, you know, the, the classic dunk tank on the original Battle of the Network Stars was only about, you know, five feet or so above the water. This thing is like 20 feet in the air. So you're sitting on, the, on this... <laughs> This little plank out over the water while they're throwing the balls at the target. I am so and excited drop, for this right now. And you drop. They, I watched them drop. They Wait. drop. It seems like they said it felt like it took forever. Both the quote them quoted as saying it felt like it took forever to hit the water from the time they started to drop. Can and that the, is what the K hole is like. Can we stop the podcast now and watch this and come back? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm hoping the the, the future episodes are as as good. But yeah, wow. fun, classic, nostalgia, fun. Uh, yeah. I think it must have been a Saturday Night Live routine that was making fun of this. And it was the network battle of the T's and A's. Well, yeah, because that, that came from a quote from uh, I think it was ABC's head of programming in the '70s. Oh where yeah, he said, you know, yeah, we're putting, you know, we're number one because we keep putting shows with T and A on. Mm. The um, so. I remember reading an article. Uh, an interview uh, from, I, it might have been Starlog. It was some sci-fi magazine talking to Adrienne Barbeau about oh, the yeah. Swamp Thing. And she was talking about being on uh, Battle of the Network Stars. And uh, I'm pretty sure she was chosen to run a dash, or like a 100-yard dash or a 40-yard dash. And she had, I guess she had done some running in high school or something, so she was all for it. And she was really pissed to find out that they just wanted Adrienne Barbeau running down yep. the track. They wanted to film her running. Yep. And she talked about when she was in Maud and her character, Maud's daughter, was this feminist, very strong, empowered, very outspoken feminist. And she always had these entrances, always had these lines where she enters walking down the stairs into the living room (laughs) and she was really peeved when her husband at the time john carpenter pointed out yeah they want you walking down the stairs because you're jiggling all over the place when you're doing that and she was reflecting on the irony Mm -hmm. of that but the t's and a's is definitely yeah they they knew what they were doing the biggest t's the nicest a's (laughs) that was the line from the thing right (laughs) god away Oh, uh, shoot, where's the man, list? Man, man. Uh, okay, yeah. How here, far we've we come. <laughs> so the the first episode, you had Joey Lawrence, Lisa Welchel. Uh, this Nolan, is the new one. Yeah, this is the one that just aired. Uh, Nolan Gould. I almost don't want me to tell me because I want to be surprised when I watch it. Tom Arnold, Kim Fields. Oh, well. I'm, I'm taking off my headphones. 
la 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 oh it's well i mean they tell you right up front all right fine oh no, it's good. Oh, Dave okay. Coulier, Bronson. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't give you the whole list. You'll still be surprised. But Dave, yeah, watch it. It's fun. But the, does Dave Coulier do Bullwinkle? Uh, you know, he was surprisingly <laughs> the I, biggest I, tease, I, the nicest. Hey. He, <laughs> I'm trying to think how to say this. He didn't really do Dave Coulier-ish stuff on the show. Really? Reality show, So nobody went down on him in the theater? This is... Huh? Nobody went down on him in the theater? (laughs) Uh, This is Robert (laughs) Colt stuff here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he wasn't a jerk. He just... He was just Dave Coulier this time. He plays hockey, right? Uh, Is he he Canadian? Yeah, I think he plays Canadian, but I don't know if he plays hockey. I mean, do all Canadians play hockey, Matt? Yes. I think that's what he's asking. Okay, I think that's what he was asking. No, I think he's actually... You weren't Adrian Barbeau. Damn. Oh, you you hadn't seen Adrian Barbeau oh, before? It's, it's, I just I couldn't put a face. Oh, to the name. okay, yeah. Oh, but wow. When I say face, I mean yeah. you know, chest to the name. Cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> no. I cannot Hello, remember. Hello, Cleavage. I mean Barbeau. You know, she was so. F- she was really it. it her body kind of and the the way Hollywood used it kind of betrayed her talent. She right. was actually very talented. Yes, she was. The 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 premiere of Fiddler on the Roof. She was the eldest daughter, mm-hmm. second eldest daughter, some unknown named Bette Midler. Mm. And the youngest daughter, Chava, was this child person, Pia Zadora. Oh, wow. wow. And she held her own with them. She was, she was amazingly talented. And she also did this incredibly weird, this was back in the late 60s, early 70s, this incredibly weird off-Broadway musical um, that involved full-blown nudity. Is it Equus? Please be Equus. No, no, no. Oh. This, this was. Oh, I guess that's Equus. Not a musical. That's, that's, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I blinded the horse. Oh They're God. all blind now. Oh my I blinded God. the horse. That would. <laughs> Jesus, Torgo. That's an idea. It's and the way Broadway's Some, going. Somebody had to have done a musical of Equus. <laughs> this really. can't be a new Equus idea. Equus the musical. <laughs> Yeah, Equus oh. with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and start it with an X instead. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and and this did this man. It was she was like nude. A, they were they were the the whole cast was nude a lot, a whole lot. So weird. and it wasn't we, hair. <laughs> no, no, no. It's nothing. You know, it's not. It's not oh, okay. hair. It's I not. Gotcha. It's not even O Calcutta. Or the the first nudie musical those those were all that that came out. I forget the name. That of it. obviously wasn't Naked Boy singing. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, Equus exclamation point. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, very talented and really. really no, yeah, she is yeah, Equus she is. the musical tragedy. <laughs> so it probably would be actually when it comes down to it. <laughs> Uh, Geek Shock Book Club, we are reading G.S. Denning's Warlock Holmes, A Study in Brimstone. Mm-hmm. So you Sherlock Holmes fans, I, I read it a, a while ago. It's good. So good choice book club. We start discussing that on the 8th. And uh, all right, I got an email again. Oh, got oh, to do this email. email. Crook the GJ. Crook sends us some of the best questions. Mm-hmm. So here's his email. I'm just checking in with you guys. I do this from time to time. I'm curious to what your favorite rip-off character is. 
Perhaps something like Deadpool via DC's Deathstroke, or Aquaman via Marvel's Namor, or Captain Kirk via Cookie Monster for chewing scenery. <clears throat> what is your favorite rip-off character? Write to us at... Wait, this is the beginning of the show. He's writing my lines now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> FYI, you cannot use Rick and Morty. We all love them, so choose another. Wait a minute, what's this we love them, we can't choose them? Uh, I'm sorry. He's, he's, this is the rules he's writing. I don't know. Uh, this doesn't have to be comic or animated character. It could be uh, OnePlus 5 mobile phone for ripping off the iPhone. It could be Count Chocula or Frozen slash Snow Queen. But I don't want to take them all from you. We all love cheap versions of things, and some of us have dated one from time to time. Uh, no present company included. I'm just saying, keep the geek up, guys, and someone please Febreze that couch. Croaking the DJ. <laughs> Gentlemen, what's your favorite rip-off character? Wow. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and launch yeah, it because you... You know, I've had time to think about it a little bit. Uh, and it's going to be the game I've been playing Friday the 13th. I've straight up rip off from uh, Halloween. There's no getting around it. Even Sean Cunningham will tell you it was a rip off from Halloween. Mm -hmm. Just the name alone being another date uh, on the horror pantheon was a rip off of Halloween. And Jason evolved from that first movie in beautiful ways. Uh, but Jason himself is Michael Myers when it comes down to it. Mm, so that's definitely my favorite rip off character. <clears throat> that's a good one. So, and speaking of Friday the 13th, big shout out thank you to both uh, Jake and Jamie for playing Friday the 13th with me this weekend. Uh, had a great time. I, I loved uh, killing and be being killed. Yeah, I got secondhand reports of like, I just killed Torgo. It was terrific. <laughs> it was terrific. Jamie drowned me beautifully. Drowned you? Drowned me. Wow. I was escaping in the boat, and here comes Jason pulling me under. Wow. Glorious. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, would, what's, uh, what ripoffs you got? Would Spaceballs count? Uh it's not, it's not a it's character, a, but uh, it's, I guess a parody. Of, of Okay, yeah. I didn't really give this much thought because I was busy at work. Nah. Whoa, but work? Yeah, what's I that, mean, right, Kay? <laughs> well, cause like, like what he was saying, wow. like Deadpool is actually, it's a combination of a bunch of different characters. Right. So yeah. it's 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 like supposedly, like the wit is supposed to be a direct ripoff of Spider-Man. Uh, the output is like a ripoff of Deadshot from... DC, etc. I mean, you you can go on and on, but that's that's what he's talking about. I mean, and right definitely. off stroke, right off the bat, Watchmen, which were straight up the Charleston characters that they couldn't use, and so they reimagined yeah. them slightly. Yeah, ah, that's a good answer. Yeah, that is a good answer. Yeah. Wow, that is. I just watched that again the other day. It was on TV. Yeah, uh, on like Stars or something. I was like, oh shit! And I hadn't seen it in so long. It really is a phenomenal film. I mean, they captured the imagery so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, again, I think we said again, but the opening credits do all of the under the hood stuff just in pantomime. Yeah. Like, the, which is like a piece of text and 12 pieces of text in every book. The the, the excerpts from Under the Hood, the uh, uh, book about the old superheroes that were supposedly written. And that whole thing is compressed into just the opening credits in pantomime. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. It's slow motion pantomime. It's like just stills and yeah. Uh, you know, I'll give you another ripoff I really enjoy. Um, the mascot of the heavy metal band Dangerous Toys. Mm. Uh, not a band I really enjoyed, but I, it was a evil clown mascot. But obviously a, a ripoff of Eddie of Iron Maiden. Sure. So 
So the mascot wars of metal. And if you look around the room, toys. he doesn't like Eddie at all. Uh, I, mean, I have the not... occasional Eddie here. And well, there. I mean, a really good ripoff. I mean, takes on to life its own. Like Moon Knight was basically, you know, a Batman yeah. character at first, but they took it in a couple different directions and made it really its the own Egypt thing. Egypt mystical. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Yeah. 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 Thanos is sure. a ripoff of Darkseid. And. and uh, and, and he, I like my Thanos. Yeah, and he, you know, he's going to be very big here, very shortly. So, I also I always liked, and it's really obscure because, uh, well, obscure for a lot of people, but for X Men fans, they'd know Gladiator. I hardly even know her, but uh, <laughs> he's a character from the X Men who's uh, leader of the Imperial Guard of the Shi'ar Empire, mm-hmm. which was a Marvel equivalent of the Legion of Superheroes. It, it, I, if the story is correct, they made an agreement. Marvel would do their version of the Legion of Superheroes. DC would do their version of the X-Men. And Marvel did their version and then like backed out of the deal. <laughs> Oh, something I don't know. I don't know what exactly. Because how can you even do that? But I don't know what the hell happened. But, but you did get the Imperial Guard, and um, one hundred and seven, if I'm thinking right. And uh, yeah. Gladiator was a Superman. He's essentially Superman. Yeah. Was essentially Superman. Yeah. And one of the cool things With was Mohawk. In, in he's got a Mohawk. Yeah, it's yeah. totally different. Mohawk, <laughs> totally different. But the the costume was a neat interpretation, uh, variation of Superman. And he had all of Superman's powers. In later issues, uh, John Byrne took the character, ran with it, and he tried to make his powers psionic-based. So it wasn't super strength as much as it was like telekinesis that you know was focused through his body and and stuff like that. And that was actually very interesting. Became an interesting twist on the whole concept. Byrne is a writer as opposed to the the artist because he did the. First wrong of him, I think, or was that Cockrum? No, that was Cockrum. It was Cockrum, it was it was Cockrum, Cockrum but then. Byrne took. He did. Uh, yeah, he did it later. Yeah. It was, in fact, it was in Fantastic Four mm-hmm. that he establishes the whole psionic property thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, some people argue Fantastic Four is kind of a ripoff of Challengers of the Unknown. It's which was a, a scientific. Uh, go out on adventures team. They didn't really have powers, though. Well, they were scientists and engineers. And not even so much Fantastic Four as... Uh, well, Challenge is unknown, but... And then the... Um, what's the other one? It's uh, the X-Men are basically uh, well, Marvel's uh, version of... Doom uh, Patrol. Doom Patrol, thank you. Yeah, the the leader in the wheelchair, who's kind of obnoxious, and then the, the whole set of freaks who don't fit in in society but are defending it. The Doom Patrol predates the X-Men, and so a lot of people make that uh, mm-hmm. that connection. Well, I mean, you know, as the line in Swinger says, everybody steals from everybody else. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. it only makes sense you're going to have a lot of parody in the comics. I was going to say, for mine, I really like Captain Marvel, sure. which now known as Shazam, because even though oh. it started with a different comic book company whose name escapes me right now, I think Captain I Marvel Fawcett. Fawcett, Fawcett, yeah. Fawcett Comics, yeah, before DC bought Fawcett's lineup. But yeah, the, the Superman ripoff, if you will. Yeah, he's a mystical he's, version of Superman. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's essentially he's, Superman. Yeah. But so I just loved the caveat of he's a young boy imbued with the powers of these immortal elders, which actually I didn't know for the longest time that Shazam is an acronym. Right. 
And Solomon uh, Hercules. That was Zeus. Achilles, Achilles and Mercury. Mercury, Mercury yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good one there. Anyway. Um, we are of one yeah. brain. The nerd level went up by like a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just always loved if that. If that bothers uh, you, you are in the wrong room. <laughs> I know, I know. It's funny. When I was a kid and reading uh, Captain Marvel Shazam comics, I would actually make up my own version of Captain Marvel, and I'd, I'd go through different uh, mythological characters and come up with different acronym magic oh, wow. names. Mm. So, you know, I could be, it, it was different. Yeah. There have been so many takes on Superman. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, DC has done a whole bunch of Elseworlds stuff, but I mean... Um, well, and all within the Supreme, same time. right? Supreme. Supreme, Supreme, which was magnificent. That was so funny because that was just Rob Liefeld, you know, doing his Superman in his Liefeld way. Yeah. And then Moore takes a hold of it and does magnificent commentaries on the Superman universe with it. Yeah. Um, well, and then was it more that did uh, Marvel Marvel Band? Was it Mar- him or Gaiman? I'm trying to read. God damn it! It's one way or the other because yeah. one starts, the other picks up and right. runs with it. But that was Fuck. Superman as at the end of the series as a liberal fascist. He basically become takes over the world and then runs it the way he thinks it should be run. But it's weirdly liberal. I mean, he's like. Forcing people to do liberal stuff. He's forcing diversity on yeah. the people. Yeah. He takes all their guns. Yeah, but it's it Obama does, yeah. with superpowers. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Obama. So I guess yeah. I guess what's his name is uh, Luther. <laughs> yep. Luther. What's his there? name? What's, what's his name? name? Orange man. Orange man. Orange man. Orange man. <laughs> orange man is just orange man. Orange uh, man, <laughs> aka what's his name? Captain Orange? Yeah. yeah. Well, Superman is funny because he's so iconic. Now people just do all of their different riffs. Irredeemable, which sure. will make a common hair. Invincible, which is actually one. It's, it's actually really it's pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm waiting for the end of... I hope I haven't missed it, but they, ran, they, they fell out of uh, uh, schedule saying uh, Jupiter's Legacy. That one's really good. <clears throat> yeah. Superman so. himself is a bit of a ripoff. He steals elements from Doc Savage and a couple other things. Right, and yeah. there was actually supposed to be a pulp story that was, this, I think it was, he was called Superman. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because that was almost like a, a a Nazi, he was an Ubermensch kind of, almost like Tom Strong. Remember Moore's Tom Strong? Which was his take on, on Doc Savage. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was this, this, this uh, guy who was... Uh, made to be superior and everything like that, and it was kind of like Tarzan, except that he was marooned in the jungle on purpose by a scientist family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, and we mentioned him last week. I like all the various uh, iterations of Plastic Man. I enjoy Plastic Man. I enjoy Mister Fantastic. I enjoy the Elongated Man. Was there another one we had in there? No, yeah. That's a fun character. I wonder what they do with them. And they've all taken them in slightly different directions. Yeah. Gentlemen, we better do some news. Otherwise, we won't get to do some news. Oh, fine. Um, but I ain't giving you the good news yet. News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> you know, it comes at like the, the same out. time all the time. <laughs> you know that, right? No, it doesn't. It's yes. not like he's going to one day just switch the order and surprise us or well, anything. Maybe sometimes he, he should. Might. He you skipped it before. You don't know. He skipped it okay, yeah, before. Oh, I know. You know. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Rob Lowe 
is going on the hunt for all things supernatural and paranormal in a new reality TV series titled The Low Files. <laughs> Wait. Supernatural, paranormal, reality. Okay. Here it's we go. been done before. Yeah, this is, this is not a new show. It's just that now Rob Lowe has one. The nine-episode A&E series will have the actor take on the role of paranormal investigator and go on cross-country trips with his sons Matthew and John Owen in order to investigate the supernatural of all kinds, including exploring an underwater alien base off the coast of Malibu, working with a shaman in a, quote, reportedly haunted abandoned reform school for boys at Preston Castle, uh, facing off poltergeists, and having a close encounter with Bigfoot. When he was asked if the show had made him a true believer, here's what Lowe told Entertainment Weekly, quote, Based on my experience on the show, uh, particularly around ghosts, absolutely. We captured some incredible footage. Our first episode is about poltergeists in one of the most notoriously haunted structures in America. Nothing is staged. Nothing is trick cut. No BS. I believe there are probably ghosts out there. So, so he's he's got nothing staged, tricked, amazing footage, probably ghosts. The rest of what we found, I accepted on a case by case basis. But we had an incredible encounter with what locals call the wood ape, which is in the Ozark Mountains. The wood ape. The wood ape. All right. I'm fully aware that I sound crazy, Hollywood kook, right now. Yeah. Uh, my boys and I were going to do this on our own and film it with our little camera for a laugh. At one point, I said, I bet someone would buy this and put it on the air. We talked about it for years until I had a general meeting with A&E. I told them my boys and I had the idea to hunt urban legends, myths, and monsters, and we all decided to make a show. Unquote. You uh, keep saying my boys, and I keep forgetting that it's actually his kids. I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's like, me and my boys. <laughs> my boys. <laughs> my boys. Yeah. The Low Files will debut on August 2nd on A&E. Lowest common denominator. Uh, very nice. So get over, ja- uh, what is it, Jack Black? Didn't he have like a haunted highway? Ja- not Jack Black. Um, I remember, ha- wasn't it Haunted Highway? No, Didn't you talk about this a couple years Jack ago? Jack Osborne. There we go. Ah, yeah. that Jack was Osborne. it. Yeah, Jack Osborne. Jack Black. That's yeah, different. woo! <laughs> See, that I would watch. Yes. And I could get behind that because you know the play to the camera will be so much fun. It's funny. I just and Jack saw, Black makes me want to watch the Jumanji two or whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. I just saw a shirt online that said, "How many lows would Rob Lowe rob if Rob Lowe could rob lows?" <laughs> it just it popped in my head as you're reading that. That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. News you don't give a shit about. There is a Deep Blue Sea sequel apparently in the works. There was a Deep sci-fi. Blue Sea one. Yeah, the one about uh, sharks made intelligent. intelligent shark. Yeah. Uh, you know the one where Samuel Jackson gets that great. Great grab. Okay. He gets eaten by a shark in the most wonderful way. Okay. And the chef survives, LL Cool J? Yep. Yeah. I know how this ends. The black man never survives. Mm. <laughs> he ends up being the... The Enhanced Killer Shark movie, directed by Darren Scott, who also directed Something Wicked, is currently filming in Cape Town, South Africa, with Michael Beach uh, starring. He was in Insidious Chapter 2, The 100, and he's apparently an Aquaman. Uh, here are the first plot details of the movie, like you need them. Dr. Claus Van Etten is experimenting on bull sharks. Much of the chagrin of Misty and her team of marine experts. The sharks get out, of course, and all hell breaks loose. That's, that's all you need. Uh, the news comes on the heels of a report uh, three months ago that Warner Brothers had been looking to make a sequel to the 1999 Rennie Harmon film. 
Harlan film. That film starred uh, Thomas Jane, Saffron Barrows, Sam, as we mentioned, Samuel L. Jackson, L. Cool J, and Stellan Skarsgård. It's a good cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really was. Uh, the WB directed video Deep Blue Sea 2, uh, the one that didn't get made, was pitched by Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus director Jack Perez, <laughs> and would have featured sharks surgically enhanced with automatic weapons, including machine guns and rocket launchers. Wow. It, was, it was dropped by the studio before casting. Could I wonder begin. why. I, I don't know. That, no no freaking laser beams? I'd see, I could get kind of behind that. It's so ridiculous that, yeah, it belongs well, to Well, I mean, Sharknado got made. I was going to say, that's what yeah, it needs a crossover between those two. Yeah, say, you need the intelligent Sharknado, which is probably Sharknado 6 or whatever the hell it's coming His mistake next. was pitching it to Warner Brothers mm, when it comes right? down to it. <laughs> Sci-Fi Studios, sign us up. <laughs> and news you don't give a shit about this summer. Koei Tecmo is offering a new VR experience as part of an amusement uh, facility called VR Sense that aims to bring current and new titles with a VR twist. And this is in Japan, being uh, Koei Tecmo. Uh, Famitsu reports that Dead or Alive Extreme, that's the uh, beach volleyball, beach volleyball yeah. soft porn video game when it comes down to it, is being added to one of those VR titles for VR Sense. Uh, to go with the recently announced Super Sengo Coaster that will also be at the event. As for Dead or Alive Extreme Sense, it'll uh, the players hang out with the heroines and smell them through a scent function that is being added to the VR machine. Fucking and, Japanese, man. And there's also a misting function that will allow players to feel for the water that gets splashed in the VR experience. Uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Sense will be available to check out sometime this summer at VR Sense if you happen to be in Japan. So it's the home version of the Star Trek ride that spit on you? Yeah. Okay. With, with that mm-hmm. and, and uh, Smell Around. You know. Right. Smell Vision. Yes. Whatever that's no, I think I like Smell Around. That's uh, <laughs> I like that. Smell Arama. I think Smell Arama was earlier a thing. Uh, didn't. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, did uh, uh, John Waters make a movie that had like a scratch and sniff? In Smellorama. Yeah. Yeah. That scratch and sniff cards are the yeah. most horrible smells to yep. smell during the movie. Freaking uh, Universal has the, the Shrek 4D thing too where there's one of the scenes where Donkey gives the raspberry with his tongue and the spray comes out. Oh. And so you feel like you're getting sprayed on by Donkey sure. spitting on and, you. And, and it's and like, sh- it's not... Pleasant <laughs> and, the, and the the smell thing has been done well. Yeah, there's the the uh, the flight over California at California Adventure. Right. California. Yeah. California. Yeah, the, the Shrek 4D also had like they pumped scents in at sure. different spots during the film. You're going over the so, orange yeah. fields. You just smell the oranges. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's been used yeah. well. This is just I don't see this being used well. What was <sighs> I can't remember what it was in the Star Trek thing. Why, why was the Star Trek spitting at you? It was the uh, the nano probes. Yeah, that were being oh, sprayed on you. Right. They were assimilating you. Yeah, before they poked the hell out of you in the mm. back. Yeah. Oh. Dude, and you left paralyzed? That thing was fucking... Yeah, oh. that just struck you in the spine and you were done. <laughs> that just, gotcha. just be glad you didn't go on some of the early test runs like I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Mm. I think I've told it on the story of this story on the show before, but... Man, Talk I about going it. down the K-hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things Hammergren saved when he started getting rid of all the stuff at his place was those chairs from the ride. From the They're still there. counter. Yep. Yep. File. Getting sunbaked as we speak. Yeah, that's the one weird thing with his collection. It's like, it's I appreciate him collecting it, but then he leaves it all to the elements. And I mean, some of it was literally falling apart when we were there. In Vegas, recently. the elements are brutal. Yeah. 
Because if something gets wet and then it gets that heat on it, it yeah. over and you know, over and again, a over lot the of years. it was falling apart. The dragon that was on there, I'm sure that came off in pieces. Like oh. there were there were areas I was walking around that were supposed to be solid platforms, mm-hmm. and you'd get to a certain spot where it would just crunch, and you're like, mm-hmm. this is not safe to be walked on. Um, the f- original the house that he lost, yeah, was just expanded on and expanded on. Yeah, and the the more recent expansions were done more and more undercover and less official. Oh. So the, so the, uh, the floor above his uh, gondola uh, was like totally plywood. You could feel it wobbling. <clears throat> well, somebody, uh, when we, when I was, when, when you and I were there, Andy, they had, uh, there's like this carpeted platform that goes into this fake egg. That was like a Liberace <laughs> thing. That's right. Yep. There's a hole in there. Like one of the one of the people there walked up and sunk in a little bit, right. and they go, "Whoa, there's a hole under this carpet." Mm-hmm. And I don't know how deep that hole was, but their foot went down. How deep is your hole? I better went all the way through. He's got to disconnect that bridge somehow. Yeah, it's so bizarre. We can dig. The Fox Marvel Comics 2018 slate features the films we know. New Mutants, April 13, 2018. Deadpool 2, June 1st, 2018. X-Men Dark Phoenix, November 2nd, 2018. Now 20th Century Fox has reserved release dates for 2019, 2020, and spring 2021, marking six more Marvel movie releases. A new Fox slash Marvel movies will hit theaters June 7, 2019, November 22nd. Of the same, March 13th, 2020, June 16th, 2020, October 2nd, 2020, and March 5th, 2021. The production house has not indicated at all whether these will be X-Men or potentially, probably not, Fantastic Four films. Uh, the two properties they currently own as uh, from Marvel Entertainment, uh, or at least license. One of these dates is almost certainly X-Force. That's the R-rated super, uh, super team that's been in works for years. Uh, with at least two versions of the scripts written and rumored to team up a lineup that includes uh, Domino and Cable, both of whom will be introduced in Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could also be a stealth Deadpool 3 or simply Fox's Avengers moment. Uh, X-23 is also rumored for X-Force, could easily get a film of her own after the breakout performance by uh, Daphne Keene also, uh, in Logan. Even James Mangold said he'd like another chance at directing her and X-23. Uh, standard sequels for Deadpool, X-Men, even New Mutants franchise could all slide into one of these six slots as well. <laughs> as could the Gambit movie, uh, since uh, it's still in development uh, hell. Uh, is, is Spider-Man the last superhero movie for the summer? This year? As far no, as I'm aware. No, Thor no. Ragnarok well, is that's well, November, for the summer. Oh, for the summer. Sorry. Yeah. yeah uh, as far as I'm aware, the, the only two movies I know left for the summer are... Spider-Man: Homecoming and Dark Tower. Oh no, there's. Um, I'm sure there's more, but that's the only ones in my brain. The the, what the hell is it? The same director that directed uh, Fifth Element. Um, oh yeah, the the Luke Besson. City of uh, Varan- whatever it is. Valerian. Valerian. Yeah. Valerian in a city of that does worlds look, or something. That or, does look pretty nice. It looks great. There are rumored to be as many as two thousand named characters in the Fox Marvel licensing agreement. So it's also possible they have something far left field thrown to the mix. Wow. It's Fox, so yeah, probably. I'm waiting for that Impossible Man come book movie. Captain Britain. Actually, there's rumors that uh, <laughs> that uh, that character is going to turn up in the MCU. Uh, 
In the MCU? They didn't get that with the X-Men licenses? That's my understanding. Interesting. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because it looks like, yeah, um, just looking at the list of release dates, um, you've got Spider-Man Homecoming this week. Right. And then the next listed comic book-based movie they have is Thor Ragnarok Which in November. And then Justice League <laughs> also in November. And Black Panther in February of next year. There it is. Justice so. League is in November. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, it's coming this year. Mm. November 17th, it says. Damn right. Jack Kirby would have turned 100 this August, which means comic fans and publishers will be celebrating the King's Centennial throughout the year. To further honor Kirby's original art and all of its glory, IDW has announced a massive San Diego Comic-Con panel and art show featuring more than 1,300 pages of original Kirby art from throughout his career at Marvel and DC Comics. In addition to the art show, IDW will also host a Kirby panel, including uh, uh, Walt Simonson, comic legend who, through his own work on Thorn uh, Orion, established himself as one of Kirby's greatest heirs, uh, Kevin Eastman, co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, IDW PDX creative director Dirk Wood, and IDW director of special projects Scott Dunbeer, the editor behind the artist editions of Kirby's that they've been putting out. Uh, plus, the publisher is promising a giveaway of two artist edition books during the event, as well as a, quote, special gift for all attendees. So seating, of course, it's San Diego Comic-Con. It's going to be limited, so if you're going, you, you know, make plans for this. You'll want to start lining up right now. Right. Yeah. If you're going, forget about it. Just watch it online. <laughs> all the panels are online now. Sure. Because where you sit in the room, you're probably going to be watching it on a video screen anyway. Yeah, there's that. Uh, if you do, are going, it's being held Saturday, July 22nd from 1 to 2 p.m., room 25, ABC. That's a small room for that. That's a pretty small room for that. Good luck, everybody. Oh. In fact, if you're going to Comic-Con in general, just best of luck to you. All right. Yeah. I Just will spend be, time in gas lamp and do all the free stuff. That's where Is I, anybody I, here I will, going? I will be nope. there. I won't be at the con. Renee will be inside. Yes. Right. Okay, Renee's going. Lucky. She's nodding her head, viewers. Just, you know. <laughs> viewers or listeners? <laughs> viewers. I always say viewers. How many years has it been? <laughs> and how many times do I call you? It's pretty much it every time. <laughs> yeah, you call me every time, and it's, it's like, someday Jeff will get the joke. <laughs> I get the joke. I just don't find it funny. Oh! oh! You're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. At the end of the month, HBO will unveil its new anthology series, Room 104. The brainchild of the Duplass brothers, Mark and Jay, the 12-episode series will kick off Friday, July 28th. Among the many actors guest-starring in the series are quite a few genre favorites like Orlando Jones, Tony Todd, yeah, James Vanderbeek, and Nat Wolf, uh, who will soon be seen in Netflix Death Note. Uh, here's the official description. The banal can be the most interesting place if you stop and take a look. Telling tales of characters who pass through a single room of a typican, um, typican, typical American chain motel, unquote. For Mark and Jay Duplass, the show tells a different story each week with the tone, the characters, and the era changing every time. Ranging from comedy to drama to horror, sometimes sci-fi. Each episode plays like a mini-movie, offering a new discovery from one week to the next, telling tales of everyday people striving for connection and meaning. Room 104. I hadn't even heard about this one until today, and it comes out at the end of the month. Wow. wow. Hmm. 
Big news in the museum front. The L.A. City Council approved the George Lucas Museum of Narrative Art this week. The $1 billion project will house works by many famed artists, as well as storyboards, props, and other items from the Star Wars creator's film career. The Lucas Collection includes about 10,000 paintings, including the works from Norman Rockwell and C. Wythe, uh, Thomas Hart Benton, and many others. The muse- museum will also display Luke Skywalker's first lightsaber, Darth Vader's helmet, and items from the movies Casablanca, The Ten Commandments, mm. and The Wizard of Oz. Wow. The museum will be built next to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, temporary home to the L.A. Rams, and Natural History Museum, and a Museum of African American History and Art. Uh, groundbreaking is estimated for early next year, with a 36-month construction timeline and an opening set for some time in 2021. Did you say they're going to put it near the Coliseum? Yeah, there's a museum section right where they... Uh, okay. Yeah, the Natural History Museum is there. Because that's museum. kind of a rough area around the museum. Yeah, Econ- economically and speaking. It kind of is, but it, it, when I lived there, you, I would go down to the museums all the time, and okay. it felt fine. That's where you build big new civic projects, because the land is cheap. I just, I just, I, I know several people that grew up in L.A., and they're like, yeah, don't don't go down there after about three in the afternoon. <laughs> I was down there all, I got a, a year pass for that history mm-hmm. museum. It was fine. That fact what? is pretty great. That's a good natural history museum. I wonder what the hell they have from Casablanca. Um, Nothing I, leaps out of me as being iconic, an iconic prop from that or anything. Maybe they have the plane. The, the plane is a model, so that's possible. <laughs> it was, that was a forced perspective shot. Sure. Yeah. I hate when they force it. Down your K-hole. <laughs> Ouch. Author Holly Black's upcoming fantasy novel, The Cruel Prince, will be developed by the big screen by Universal Pictures. Universal has won the auction for The Cruel Prince's film rights with Michael DeLuca. Uh, That's from Ghost Rider, Social Network, Childhoods, and producing through his production banner. Set to be published January 2nd in 2018 by Little Brown Books for young readers, The Cruel Prince will be the first in a new book series called The Folk of the Air and follows the adventures of Jude and her two sisters who were stolen in the wake of their parents' murder to live in the high court of fairy. Here's the official book blurb. Jude was seven years old when her parents were murdered, and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous high court of fairy. Ten years later, Jude wants nothing more than to belong there, despite her mortality. But many of the fae despise humans, especially Prince Cardan, the youngest and wickedest son of the high king. To, place, to win a place in the court, she must defy him and face the consequences. In doing so, she becomes embroiled in palace intrigues and deceptions, discovering her own capacity for bloodshed. But as civil war threatens to drown the courts of the fairy in violence, Jude will need to risk her life in a dangerous alliance to save her sisters and fairy itself. Hmm. So, Game of Thrones without as much rape and murder? I'm guessing since it's a young adult book. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fact is, it just says young reader, so I don't know even how far back that goes. But it seems pretty murdery for like the seven-year-old set. <laughs> All right. Okay, now it got me interested. I don't know. For some reason, my my brain goes to the Steve Martin "Cruel Shoes" thing. <laughs> he said the cruel prince. Like, the cruel shoes. Cruel we only shoes. have one pair left. <laughs> the cruel shoes. Yep. I like them. <laughs> God, I love that bit. That bit in the book too. Yeah. Oh, uh, here we go. Back to the greatest 
rock mascot ever made. Eddie, the zombified mascot of British rock gods Iron Maiden, we're just in Vegas yesterday, I might add, mm-hmm. has scored his own solo comic book series. Kinda. A heavy metal magazine will publish Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast, a five-part miniseries written by Lexi Leon and Ian Eddington with art from Kevin J. West and based on the mobile role-playing game. The premise will issue will blast in the pages of heavy metal number 287 in July and centers around the Eddie monster, quote, as his soul is torn apart, becoming an epic quest across the wastelands of time and space so he can battle the legion of the beast itself and claim the fragments of his soul, unquote. Eddie's gruesome visage was first featured on Iron Maiden's 1980 self-titled album and remains an integral part of the band's stage show and merchandising. I was a fan of Eddie before I was ever a fan of heavy metal. Sure. Uh, it's, I, I, I could might say that Eddie might be my favorite quote-unquote monster ever made. Yeah, it was, was actually very iconic even outside of, uh, of metal. It was just, I, I remember, I never was interested in metal as a kid. But I remember seeing those Iron Maiden T-shirts and just being like, "Wow, yeah, I'm on, that's a cool." Monster. And I can't remember the name of the artist, but the artist they got from throughout the entire, almost all the entire uh, run of albums. I had a friend Prime. that used to wear all the the Metallica and Megadeth and Iron Maiden shirts, and uh, just like I had no idea about any of them back in like junior high and high school, and he introduced me to all of those and. I still give him props for that because the shirts were really creative art. I mean, the art was amazing on those. And seeing that in school, kind of semi-rebellious, considering the Midwest, you know, everybody's sure. in, you know, plain Didn't t-shirts. Didn't take much. So Didn't, when you were not a lot of logos walking down the hallway, people no, gave I you a wide berth. Like, I didn't wear that. There's 80s, Jeff. Well, Almost all say, my friends did. My friend that wore these shirts... A lot of people didn't want to talk to him because they thought he was trouble. But, Hell, you know, he, he and I have stayed friends <laughs> like all these years. And, you know, in fact, uh, he even said recently, he's like, you were always nice to me when nobody else was. And, you know, he's like, I truly treasure that. And it's, that, that was really a cool thing for him to say because, you know, he was just, you know, it's just my friend Jorma. You know, it's like, he's a friend. He's a good guy. I don't know why everybody's like, but he wears all those Metallica shirts and the, sure, man. you know, Megadeth. And I'm like, that'll get you arrested yeah, in some parts. It's just music. <laughs> just ask the West Memphis yeah, three. No kidding. But just yeah, teenage dirt bag. those were all the, the, the quote unquote troublemakers or the dangerous kids when I was in school. They were smoking in the boys room. And yeah. typically they were not. <laughs> so uh, credit where credit's due. I just looked it up. Derek Riggs is the Thank artist you. of Iron, yes. Iron Maiden. Derek Riggs. I even have an Iron Maiden poster on my door still to this day. I'm up there. I'm like, yeah. Nice. Very nice. Gotta, gotta love the Eddie. But you know what? I will say this, though. I probably will not read the comic. Really? Oh, because you want you to make up your own Eddie story. It, it's kind of... Eddie has always... He's featured in all this different locale and art, but he's an enigmatic figure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think I want a story about Eddie. I don't yeah. think I want to get to know Eddie. I want him to be the force of nature, a la you know, Michael Myers before Rob Zombie got a hold right. of him. Once you give Cthulhu stats and a backstory, it's not as interesting. Yes. Right. Yeah. Applause to... Eddie getting his own comic. I'm sorry, I won't be reading it, but I'm glad it's in heavy metal. That seemed appropriate. You might look at the artwork, though. I, pro- you know what? I did look at some of the artwork when I was putting the story together, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, yeah, 
not as good as you were hoping? Or? No, no, the art, the art's great. Oh, okay, the art looks great, but I'm like, I don't want to read any bubbles that this thing says. Right, uh, I gotcha. I wonder. Well, I wonder if you could get that. I wonder if they'd like print an edition of uh, the story without word balloons just for the art. The magazine, probably not. Hmm. They usually don't do multiple variations of heavy no. metal. No, and it's known for art, so right, right. probably not. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment and DC Entertainment are releasing the DC Universe Original Movies 10th Anniversary Collection. Okay. The 32-disc box set Ah. contains all 30 animated films from the beginning, starting with Superman Doomsday up to Batman and Harley Quinn. Okay. Uh, With both Wonder Woman and Justice League The New Frontier updated to the commemorative editions. Also included are five DC Showcase animated shorts, The Spectre, Green Arrow, Jonah Hex, Catwoman, and Superman slash Sazam, The Return of Black Adam. The collection will also contain new special features and exclusive collectible items to be announced at a later date. Quote, it's been an amazing journey from the initial concept of bringing comic book pages to the screen to the completion of 30 animated films spotlighting the mesmerizing characters and stories of the DC library, said Mary Ellen Thomas, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment Vice President. We are proud to celebrate this first decade of filmmaking with an impressive box set filled with exciting extras beyond the stunning films themselves, unquote. The 30 film set will be available on digital starting starting August 15th of this year. And the DC Universe Original Movies 10th Anniversary Collection Blu-ray box set will be available November 7th, 2017. Any idea wow. on the price on that? I, they did not see a price on yeah. there. Saying that uh, they haven't told you what uh, goodies might come with it. Sure. I'm sure the price is it doesn't matter, just buy it. Right, sure. Because uh, with the exception of Superman Doomsday, I've seen... Pretty much all of those, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, it's a, that sounds like a great collection. When you first said it, I didn't realize you were talking the animated stuff. And sure, I was imagining like, yeah. this like bizarre mixed bag, including <laughs> Batman and Robin, sure. and yeah. And when I started reading and, the and article, Steel that's, yeah. and uh, Catwoman. I mean, I have a few of them in the collection sure. over there, like uh, Flashpoint. I have Flashpoint that's a good over one. there. Flashpoint. It's a really good one. You know what? I November seventh. Totally blanking out seven? on the other. November seventh. Yeah. Yes. All right. Go on to my right. calendar. Setting a reminder. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, you know what? I have just, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left in the show, but I got to get a few of these out of the way. All right. I have so many red light, green lights piling up. Oh, okay. That, that we must play red light, green light. All right. Gentlemen, All right. you are now executives of the studios that are going to be releasing these TV shows. Do you or do you not allow these things to happen? Again, we have no power. These things are coming either way. Gentlemen, red light, green light. Here we go. Especially you, Matt. Uh-oh. Well, I, I, here I am, executive on my phone, see? So I'm this oh, executive. This yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like one of the last job interviews. Keep I talking. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Keep <laughs> talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. How much money? All right. Green light. Did you hear the pitch? Yeah, yeah. Green light. I'm going to make this many zeros. Green light. <laughs> Isaac Asimov's classic foundation Ooh. series. Yes, you can stop right there. Green light. <laughs> Could be headed to we'll TV. We'll be done as puppets. So let, let's let's see how we do here. Let's hear it. <laughs> that I, might be the better way of doing it, Frank. Like team, team America type puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Skydance is reportedly close to finalizing a deal with the Asimov estate for the rights to the late sci-fi legend Sprawling Saga. Although no networks or streaming services are involved yet. 
Screenwriter slash showrunner David S. Goyer, uh, the writer of the Dark Knight films and the upcoming Krypton TV series, will work with Josh Friedman, uh, who is behind Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, to attempt to wrangle Foundation into something filmable, a task at which a number of others have failed. Asimov's three books, Foundation, Foundation and Empire, and Second Foundation, tell the story of mathematician Hari Seldon, who has developed a new science called psychohistory, which predicts the imminent collapse of the galactic empire that rules over humanity throughout the Milky Way. The collapse will herald a galactic dark age lasting 30,000 years, according to Seldon's calculations. But at the far end of the galaxy, Seldon sets up a community of engineers, artisans, and thinkers, a foundation that will end humanity's suffering after just a thousand years and bring about a new and greater empire. Asimov's original stories were published in Astounding Magazine between 1942 and 1950 and were then collected into three initial books in the early 50s. The trilogy stood on its own for nearly 30 years until Asimov returned to the series with 1982's Foundation's Edge, ultimately producing one more sequel, Foundation and Earth, and two prequels, Prelude to Foundation and Forward the Foundation. More books in the series were authorized by Asimov's estate after his death, with noted sci-fi authors uh, Gregory Benford, Greg Bear, and David Brin, uh, pending Foundation's Fear, Foundation and Chaos, and Foundation's Triumph, respectively. There's plenty of mind-blowing material in the first three books alone to create something extraordinary. But, can they do it? And don't think Hollywood hasn't tried. Proposed feature film versions at Fox, Warner Brothers, and Sony, the later under supervision of Independence Day role, uh, director Roland Emmerich, have all stalled. And as recently as 2014, Emmerich and Jonathan Nolan, Westworld, tried to make it work at HBO oh. with no results. Oh, so, oh that hurts. David, David S. Goyer. Goyer's good. And Josh Friedman. Attempting a TV foundation. What do you That's think? That's the is way it a to go. Series or is it a, yeah, uh, a TV series? Got to be a TV series. Yeah, it has no. to be a series. You can't do it as a film. Yeah, green light. Fine. Green light. You already know my yeah. my stance on a green light. Yeah, green. I think we have greens across the board. Wow, we don't need Renee as a uh, <laughs> tiebreaker. No tiebreaker. That's today. the Axeman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about this one, gentlemen? Red light, green light. Glenn Close will be returning to the zombie genre with Amazon's new half-hour comedy pilot titled Sea Oak. Returning? Close will star in the pilot, which was picked up back in March, penned by George Saunders, who wrote a Lincoln in the Bardo, and exclusively produced by Jonathan Krauss. It's described as a, quote, mixture of zombie drama and family revenge comedy. Here's the synopsis. Sea Oak revolves around Aunt Bernie. That'd be close. A meek, unmarried woman with no children in a working-class Rust Belt city who dies tragically in a home invasion. Compelled by sheer force of dissatisfaction, she comes back from the dead full of rage and determined to get the life she never had. She proceeds to inflict a range of demands on what's left of her nuclear family, including a quasi-stripper nephew and two feckless nieces who live in low-end subsidized hellhole of a housing complex called Sea Oak. I don't know about that one. Me yeah, that's that sounds Wait, like well, I'm not. I'm not first seeing First of all, funny. background, Mister Horror Specialist returns to zombie. Uh, you know what? I I did have that in my head, and I can't remember where. So there was that. something. Yeah. What the fuck? There goes Jeff. Like to find she it. played Corella yeah. Deville, like that Glenn Close. 
Yeah. Fatal Attraction. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Um, I I love Glenn Close, but boy, I mean, a lot of people are over z- vampires. I'm I'm pretty over zombies in terms of dealing with it in any kind of way like this, where they're a centerpiece. I don't mind zombies like if they appear in some kind of, well, like Game of Thrones. I mean, right? If they just appear, but when it's a centerpiece, I'm I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. I zombie is interesting, but. I only I didn't feel compelled to watch the second season. Um, the I stopped uh, watching The Walking Dead. Like it's the um, but the uh, the one that Drew Barrymore did that one. I'm I'm aching to see the second season. Hmm. The Santa oh. Clarita Diet. Yes, yeah. and that that was actually a very funny take on the zombies. So I don't know. Uh, I'm just having a hard time where they're going to find the funny in this. The description is not funny to me at all. So no red light. Red light. Red light. Red light. Yeah, red light. Red light. Jeff? Yeah, red light. There's too much zombie stuff. I'm kind of burnt out on it. All right. Maybe this next one will capture your attention, because that one certainly did not. Well, Glenn Close and Zombies, it said there's a movie called The Girl with All the Gifts. Yes, that's the one, and that's based on the Mike Carey novel, which I can't recommend enough. Even if you're tired of zombies, that is a nice new take. The novel? I haven't, or I haven't the, seen or, the movie, okay. but the novel is great. Aha. Uh-huh. So the girl with all the gifts. Yeah, Glenn Close is in that. All right. Red light, green light. Following the announcement that the Jetsons are getting a new animated feature film comes the new info that the futuristic family will soon attempt TV in a new live action adaptation. Oh, the Double live red action light. is TV? This fresh take on the Jetsons will be set 100 years from now and will have a comedic edge similar to the classic 60s cartoon. Warners has enlisted the assistance of Family Guy executive producer uh, Gary Janetti to put the polish on the reboot and will start shopping the project around to an interested broadcast station or major cable network near you. Janetti will also serve as executive producer with Forrest Gump's Robert Zemeckis and Castaway's Jack Rapke. Live action Jetsons, gentlemen. Red, red, red. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Really? Yeah, because it's futuristic and it'd be live action. I want to see how they do the flying cars and the 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 skyscraper on tent pole, uh, 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 you know, residential belt blocks and all of that stuff. I like the. So you're gonna see the visualization of that '60s right, future mentality. Yeah, and that they'll that, all be described from off camera. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the aesthetic. I like the aesthetic of the the TV cartoon. So how you know how will they translate that into live action? You know, uh, all of that retro fifties World's Fair kind of look. Do to you it. feel that? So si- do you think you 60- really want- Do you feel that sixties style humor uh, is an evergreen style of humor? Well, if they, I don't know that. I don't know if they'll go fully with that. I mean, they they may. Well, so it just says comedic edge, Jetson. similar to this classic sixties. Yeah, cartoon. yeah. I mean, it just it. I don't have the problem with sitcoms that a lot of people do, so I'm not really bothered by the idea. We'll find out. Uh, they have a Jetsons comic. I just read an yes. article on it. Really, really interesting take on Rosie. Did you read about that? No, I saw the uh, the drawing of Rosie, but I don't know anything about her. Uh, if I read the article right, Rosie in the in the comic is Jetson's George Jetson's mom, who g- 
gets downloaded into a robotic body, you know, for I'm, my mother, the robot, long, longer life. So and they made get, her the maid. Yeah, and then she becomes a housekeeper. She takes care of the family. That's so. <laughs> Although, I, as, as we discussed before, I'm all for the brain in a jar. I'm ready for that. <laughs> hey, so. after my experience, I can separate myself from my body very easily. So, yes. <laughs> wow, it's like riding a bike now. Isn't I'm it? down for that. <laughs> so, are you so actually interested mm. in what they're going to do, or are you interested in the train wreck? No, I'm interested in what they might do. So that's a green light from UK. Yeah, you sure, I'll go for yeah. it. I love the retro look. I really. With the thing is, is when you're doing something like that, it's just like when you're doing a superhero movie or something like that. It's if you go at it with the whole "this is going to be a train wreck," "this is a stupid idea," it's it's you might come across with some kind of a functional parody, but generally, you're not. If you attack it with the seriousness of the target audience. The target audience is a seven-year-old, and you come at it with the deadly seriousness of the seven-year-old audience member who enjoys it, you can actually have something, whether you're doing a parody or not. I think that was one of the uh, the things behind Batman 66 that made it successful. They were making a parody. They were making a comedy, but they came at it with the seriousness of those kids who loved that fucking comic at the time, and that's what you need to do. And if you do that, I think you can do anything, you know. You, you, you just have to come you, at it. You were doing an excellent job of arguing for this thing. I'm, I'm impressed. So I'm still, I, red, I'm still, still going to red light it. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. No, he sold me. A green light. You wow. Know, the, yeah. the, 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 the futuristic, I call you know, the retro-futuristic aesthetic, right? The old Buck Rogers aesthetic. Shit, yeah. mm-hmm. If they approach it seriously and they try to... They, they come at it seriously. What would that look like, you know? The comic makes interesting commentaries. One of their things is, why are all the, why are all the, the homes and offices in the clouds? You never see the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, they talk about climate change, ecological disaster, and everything like that. That's why everything is on these miles-high stilts, you know, because they have to get away from the earth. And they have flying cards. They can't have roads because they can't be on the earth. So if you... Makes you wonder about Cloud City. You know? (laughs) (laughs) If If you come at that with that kind of attitude, it could be very well. And I'd be really interested in seeing them attack the the aesthetic. What will the production design be like? So... So I have two red lights. Two green lights. Uh Uh-oh. That means, Renee, you got to break this one. Uh... Green light, why not? Green light, yeah! why not? Yeah! I should have known you were going to. I want the executive who has the balls to say that in the meeting. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ain't going to cost me nothing. <laughs> I should have known you were going to argue for it after realizing that you've got the, uh, the Jetsons doorbell chime on your phone as yeah. one of your alerts. Yeah, I use that. Yeah. When you think about it, it's a great, it's a great chime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great George song. Jetson. You know, I mean, when you hear the da 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 da, it. I think Transformers. Yeah. But as a as a chime, it's a perfect door chime. Yeah, it's a perfect door chime, and that's the sort of thing what I'm talking about. If they approach it, you know, like I like it, your politician. So you're trying to say if it's done well. <laughs> I always it's just, done well with the right attitude. Did you see his politician hand when he's arguing uh, that he was like. 
with I, politician thumb. I always describe mid-mod architecture as being Jetson's architecture. Still so, think it's going to be yeah. a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it, a you know what? dumpster fire? Chances <laughs> are it will be. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be a sitcom. And boy, oh boy, do you need the right creative team behind that to make it work and make With it With a successful. passion for the original concept. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um so hey I'm intrigued now and, and since we can't avoid it it is going to happen you know? <laughs> I probably will watch it now that you've said all well, that stuff. we'll see dude we'll see I mean uh, you know of course I'm blanking but how many times have we discussed ah there you go remember when you said ah, I now understand the secret to making these superhero costumes alive when you're talking about Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and you were like textures mm-hmm. it's just like that it's approach the approach it with all, the, no matter what the audience age was, mm-hmm. approach it with this deadly seriousness that the audience had for it. That right. the people who loved it, you could end up with something very effective. I mean, just imagine what it, you know, like when we see the cosplayers at the cons, right? Mm-hmm. Those are some dedicated people doing some cool costumes. But some of those costumes, if those people were putting on a Marvel movie. You know, we're talking Corman's Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and no one's going to take it seriously. It's not going to work. But if you come at it with that kind of that deadly seriousness, and right. it it I mean, you know, the I mean, bright- Doctor Strange, for God's sakes, Andy. Yeah, that is that was a monumental task of take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Of all the Marvel properties, holy shit! Right. So you know. I mean, just imagine. I mean, that the flying car with the, the big fish dome bubble. If they can make that where it makes sense and it's kind of cool, you got to admit that would be quite the, quite the cool thing to see buzzing across the string. I'm impressed on how long he's going with the hard sell, considering he got his third Rick yeah. slide. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like you're trying to convince the two red lights yeah, to, exactly. to, to, to well, join along. And it's convinced one of them to watch it now. Right. It's... It's also a pet peeve argument with me, right? Um, I love Thundar. I would love to see a Thundar movie. Holy shit! And every time I mention it, you get a, you, people start to snicker because they instantly go to all the childish aspects, the Gonzo aspects, and they think, well, yeah, sure. If you make a total fart in the face comedy about it, then uh, I'm sure it'd be you know kind of entertaining. And it's like, what if you don't? What if you attack? Thundar with utter seriousness in this grim future with weird shit going on. These these super science powerful wizards who are oppressing every other human being on the planet. Every village, every settlement is living on the edge of disaster constantly because the world is just so perilous. And see, and then Andy comes along and you know. Oh no, man, you've got you've got yeah. You know? Oh right? man, you could do some stuff with that now. Sure, that, and that's what I'm talking because that's what the kids. When I was watching Thundar as a kid, I was just like, you know, seeing everybody in their rags and Thundar and and Ariel and them come riding in to help them. It's like this, this, it, this was a shitty life. This must have been horrible. This is the uh, the point oh 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 one percenters. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wow. So if you do that, holy mackerel. Just, just think of the audience, and instead of having contempt for them, approach it with their the the seriousness and the passion they had for it. Oh, so many of these things could be very interesting. Wow. wow. 
What's your thoughts? Write to us. Comments at <laughs> UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. You know what? I watched the second episode of The Mist. The one that I promised that I would give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a third. <gasps> really? What happened in the second that turned you? Or- there was some good suspense moments. And, f- you know, they're pulling me in that whole lost what is the mist kind of aspect. Mm. Uh, but I will say I'm very much on the fence and could give up at any moment, including in the middle of the third, e- third episode. <laughs> because the second episode went far away from all the... All the sources. All the drama mm. oh, of okay. that first one. All the uh, intermingling character, a small town drama that was very much a hallmark of Under the Dome. Mm-hmm. So the second one started dealing with the problem instead of the all the little problems so i have a feeling it's all going to come back to that so i'm not expecting to stick around for long but that second episode was enough to garnish a third Mm. so haven't given up yet Mm. see see what i mean yes i'm not sure that's a good argument for yours (laughs) no probably not Probably not. Cause I mean, because again, this is a show that goes strays way away from the source material. Yeah, right. So right. I, I haven't even read this story. I do remember the movie because the movie was sure. Just, I mean, I, th- that's a short whole, story. It's like it's like yeah, it's right, an, it's six nine pages maybe. What? No, it's a novella. It was a novella. It's, a novella. it's about two hundred pages. Oh, yeah. I'm, mix, I'm mixing mixing up with something else. Okay, but it it I mean, highly recommended. It's a know. good novella, but the movie, the Darabont movie pretty much does that novella justice. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. It didn't miss? Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>